San Antonio Sports Star Audio Vault is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds, 225-2121, or online at mybestbailbonds.com. Uh. Rob Thompson, Rudy J, uh. R&R in the morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning to you. Good morning, good morning. Well, you made it. Did they? It's Thursday. 7 o'clock. He's Rudy, I'm Rob. That's James Pledger if you're watching us live. And please go there. Grade us if you'd like. But like, listen, share, what all that stuff goes along with it. With YouTube, Facebook, on the Twitter feeds, uh, at sasportstar.com. We like the fact that we've got a bunch of early birds. So sound off, you alarm users. Always like seeing you. We got tickets to give away today, and we'll do it early. What I like got? to give our, uh, our early birds first crack at things that we're giving away. You ever heard of the band Greta Van Fleet? No, I have not. But the, then again, <laughs> I haven't heard of a few things. But then I know the song, so but I, I haven't I, heard of them. They're kind of a new rock and roll band. I saw them I'm, new I, rock and roll, kinda. Okay. Um, I saw them a couple years ago. Where here? I can't remember where. No, I didn't see them live. I'm sorry. It was on okay. television. Oh, I saw gotcha, them perform gotcha, gotcha. do like one set on television a couple years ago, and I was impressed. I hadn't thought about them since, but they're coming uh, somewhere. I have tickets to give away today. Soft rock or metal? Metal. Driving metal. Greta Van Fleet. No, I have not. The uh, Combine gets going today. Woo! Yippee! <laughs> I watched Justin Herbert's Combine last night. You talk about like like there's certain guys I like to and, and even it's it's translated over to Sundays. Like if if Justin Herbert's on the the big screen, I'm watching. I just like watching him throw the. He's football. a big old strong athlete, isn't he? Yeah, I just and then his combine, he was throwing sixty yard darts. So you know, earlier in the week, I'm like, screw the combine, combine stupid. And then I watch him put himself in the top seven, top eight pick from the combine. So. It still matters, I guess. It does still matter. You know? I, I don't know enough about the draft to know who was a diamond in the rough, who wasn't scouted, because I know absolutely nothing about the left guard from Liberty University that has never played on television but grades out huge. I, I, I don't know who these guys are. You can tell me. I can read McShay, and I can read right. all that, but even when I read them, it doesn't translate well to me. So I don't know exactly what scouts get out of it. It seems to me that if I was involved, that a combine helps at the beginning of things, not at the end. <laughs> you know? Meaning. Because I'd like to see the physical skills first. Right, right, right. Then I'd like to see how they're applied on the on the field and what is what you know, how they when with the NFL, it seems like this is the last thing. And this seems like it should be the first thing. Right. Because to me, my first thing is, are you fast enough to do the shuttle drill just to do it? Because I need to know that just the basic physical skills are there. I do also know that game time is different than practice time. And it, some guys are different. A long time ago, back when Lou Holtz was the head coach at Arkansas, you might forget that he was there back when Damn. I was he was the head coach, and he had a. I thought it was. He did South Carolina too, right? That was later in his career. Oh, so back before, before Notre Dame, Notre Dame wow. he was the head coach at I Arkansas, didn't know that. and he had a tight end that went on to have a fantastic career at Philadelphia, Keith Jackson. 
D. Keith Jackson. D. Keith, not the TV guy. Oh, okay. He was a uh, a tight end, big old tight end. Okay. Said so I don't you. I don't know how fast he is. I just know nobody's ever caught him. <laughs> so, I love that. So Lou, Lou, Lou is crazy. Lou Holtz had some quotes, but yeah, it, what, it, what it defines is there are some dudes like, like that just don't practice, that don't combine well, right? And no matter what you do, they're just not going to grade out. But you, that same dude could lift a car off somebody in the middle of an emergency. You know, they, they, they some guys just react better to pressure. Right. And then there's the other side. Then there's the combine wizards. That come out and run the four flats and jump out of the gym and have every possible measure, and then you put them on the field and they're running the wrong direction half the time. That's that's a part of it because I mean, bad tape, good tape follows you. But the, then there's the part of me though, and I was driving thinking about this as if, as a GM, I'm a competitive guy. Like if there's something like y'all want to compete, like let's compete. Like well, I don't care what it is. I'm a competitive guy. I'm not Michael Jordan where I'm gonna play you eight games of ping pong. So there is a part of me that says. I want the guy that's willing to go to the combine, not worried about, oh, I may have a bad combine and mess up my draft stock. There's a part of me that likes that guy, too. Like, you don't have to be here, right. but you are here. That means you want to compete. That means you're like, you know what? I don't know if I'm going to do well, but I want to go and compete. Because to me, the combine, is a, it, it is a form of competition. Like, you want to run the fastest 40, et cetera. You, we can name all of the different things. And then there's also the part of me that says, well, if 11 Georgia players are going, <laughs> yeah. why are you at Oklahoma not here? Because I can just go pull up the tape on the 11 Georgia players and get and draft them, the best team in the country, all year long. So if they're here, and there's 28 other SC, 82 other SEC guys here that are going to get drafted combine or not, what's the reason XYZ are staying home? I agree. So. I'm 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 weird, man. I go back and forth on takes. Like Monday, I might say the combine is stupid, and then Thursday morning, the first segment, I'm saying, oh, you know what? It kind of matters. Let's go compete. I would like to think that there are, I think, best case scenario, there's 20 dudes that are going to genuinely change their life for the better over the next three days. That because of this workout, there are 20 dudes that went from maybes or who's that's to third legitimate round. third, fourth round draft picks, and I would like to think that that is still the case. Agreed. And there's some r- really interesting numbers. We're going to talk at the uh, about the combine at, at uh, uh, 7.30 as we get deeper and deeper into the draft. Lovey Smith speaks to uh, the Deshaun Watson situation. There is a team that is definitely, maybe, absolutely, kind of not sure, but absolutely sure that they don't want Deshaun Watson unless, of course, he wants to see them. I don't know. They um, have... The, the color in their team is Pledge's color of his tie. I'll give you a hint. Yes. Did we coordinate down to the shoes today, James? Of what? This is Pledge we talking well, about. I just wanted to, does he have any? No, the new Jays, the blues, wouldn't go with the uh, the no, fall no, no, colors no. that we he have. He better. B- did you put the tissue back in the toe? Okay. Yeah. You need to get some crease savers. Let me see the scar. How we how we healing? How today, we healing from? Oh this? yes, it's sir. You look good, man. Good, much better, bro. That is that's got uh, personality all over it. Yeah, so, we're gonna have to we're gonna work on improving the story to James's scar. Yeah, it was six dudes. It's gonna have to be that he took out the first three, and then then the, someone hit him with a bottle. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> Spurs get busy again today. Sacramento arrives fresh off a whooping last night. Um, Carolina Teague will join us for her. Uh, 
CT in the building. Around. Pop's getting close. Man, he's been close all year. I mean, he's only now, 26 games. Now we're two, we're like minute school digits. Two? Two. Well, two for the win. So it's still feasible to do it against the Lakers on Monday. Your dream is still in the... In you know, because didn't I read something this week that Pop views the, the, the other record, the first win record, as the, the important one? Mm. Which, of course, he's going to say that because you want to deflect... He's deflecting. Yeah, that the the he doesn't want. He doesn't want like, any. Oh, yeah, I, I don't know why anybody's paying attention to this one. What mattered was the one that I said I didn't care about the first time. That was the one that really mattered to me. I just didn't want you to know. I'm gonna tell you what's gonna happen. He's gonna break the record, and he's gonna spend the entire post game press conference talking about Don Nelson. Yeah, and Lenny Wilkins and the guys before him. He, he's not gonna say a word about himself. He's gonna talk all about them. That's pop. That's pop. If and and it, even that won't be much, but I I can see some reflecting on Don Nelson. Do we have? Let, I know James is without a lot of things that we can normally do. <laughs> no, he's James has been making it work. He's he has sound well, all the, over the place. The Don Nelson, for those who are unaware, Don is living in Hawaii, Hawaii. Uh, on a weed farm, smoking the yeah, best, smoking some pot. Yeah, that's. <laughs> We laughed at that cat when he wore a fish tie. Now we know why. It's funny to hear Steven Jackson talk about, like, sometimes on the road, Donnie would come up there and yep. roll up with them. That's what you'd call a player's coach. No, that's another name for it when your coach is smoking with you. That's that's something different. I ain't a player. Player's coach like, hey, I get it. You're a little late. <laughs> it's a whole other thing. was like, pass that, Steven. You've been holding it for about five minutes. Things have changed. Donnie's late with you. <laughs> For real. This weekend, the PGA hosts the Arnold Palmer in Orlando. PGA got problems. The uh, world used to come to Orlando to kiss Arnie's ring, and that used to be Tiger's kind of thing. Now it's moved to the Genesis because of the Hyundai sponsorship right, in, in right. L.A., but the world comes to Orlando for Arnold Palmer's event. And we're trying to figure out who's the most popular, Phil Mickelson, had some ideas. He's but he had ain't. a bad two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Phil's had a rough two weeks, man. Damn, Lefty. And I like Lefty. And I'm going to continue to like Lefty. Speaking of, Rob, dude, the, 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 the idea of freedom of speech is gone. It is gone. Okay. You know, Phil, yes, I don't like what Phil said. You're talking about the Saudi thing? Yeah, okay. I don't like I don't like I don't like what he said. But damn, man, we've really gotten to the point where we can no longer have uncomfortable conversations. I've had uncomfortable conversations recently. And you know what? You know what happened? You shake hands. You say, hey, man, we're going to agree. When you're dealing with a bunch of alpha males, you're supposed to disagree sometimes. And the fact that you're losing millions because you're like, Luke, dude, I feel like the PGA gets over in some places. And yeah, I'm thinking about playing in Saudi. I know they do some messed up things. And you lose millions behind that. Well, uh, like no, you, I, like twenty twenty two. Like I don't do, know do when the, blame, the cancel culture. Do you the blame, cancel culture is out of control? The, well, it is. But do you blame uh, KPMG or whatever their acronym is now? The accounting firm that dropped him. They do business with firms in Saudi, and like I'm funding you to represent me, and a lot of my nut is covered by these Saudi money. Good, bad, whether you agree with it or not, we're in business, and we're going mafia on this. It's just business. It's not personal. Um, and you're costing me money. I got another client that actually pays me mad at you. I just want someone to cancel the cancel culture. 
Well, that's not going anywhere, my friend. It, it's the radical revolution. When I'm talking white, black, no, what I'm saying gay, is straight, like we got to come on now. We got to be able to still have conversations as a society and and any society, not just us. When you adjust, you ha it's like turning into a skid. You have to pull that. Right. You, you got to get it back. And when you do that, that adjustment is always too far. The, it always goes too far. You you overfix, and then right. the, then things get righted. But right now, you ask our brows. <laughs> Yeah, you ain't coming back, man. Never accused, never guilty, never convicted. Just in the same room and just knew enough about it to where you're done. We all do business and buy things from countries that we shouldn't. So for the people like, well, you doing business with this person? Well, you probably look at your shirt and it's probably made in the country yeah. where they do some awful things. I used to go all down right. to a place down on uh, South Flores and buy my movies. <laughs> what? No, you did not. Yeah. You didn't buy the three CDs for ten dollars. Uh, oh, yeah, I did. I can't see Rob. Rob, you've never watched a bootleg movie. Oh yes, I have. Rob still watches bootlegs. <laughs> Are you kidding me? He watches oh, bootlegs of NBA streams so that he can get the Spurs. You know what? Look, I am all for a good bootleg. We all but got there Spurs was, gear there, that yeah, was not licensed. Yeah, but you know, us. I used to go to the barber shop and the man would come through with the bag. Yep. But then some of them were just so bad. I was like, I'm like, some of them were so bad. I'm like, I'm not watching this. This is beneath. You can hear the person eating popcorn. Yeah, like, yeah, like it's just dark, <laughs> grainy. Like I would be like, babe, we're not watching this, and she would agree. We're like, yo, I can, like, I can do two dollars at Redbox. Like, it's not going to kill me. But I'm not watching this in the dark. You got to find the Jerry Seinfeld. He was a Which Picasso. One? Well, there are a couple of guys. <laughs> See, I never watched Seinfeld. Well, there's ah. a, there are a few. There's one dude, and I will. I don't want to name the establishment, but they're still there. Okay. That always had good quality stuff that took pride in his bootlegs. Like, had two camera cuts, you know, kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I bought some clunkers, but, you know, that um, what, I'm, what I'm getting at is, all of us have transgressed at one way or another. All of us have done that on no. the kind of the side gray, gray economy kind of stuff. But no, we are, we, 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 when I talk about the cancel culture, I'm talking about we treat people like they're supposed to be Jesus. Like he, he said something he shouldn't have. But he hasn't like, been canceled. Like, I, now, someone on the stream yard just said, hey, he's still able to play golf. Yeah. Yes. But I'm talking about like when I misspeak, I shouldn't lose millions for misspeaking. The problem well, is if you misspeak about a sponsor, yeah. yes. If you are being sponsored by Nike and you're out one day, you know what? The Nike lifestyle brands just ain't about it. I don't like them. Well, you know. <laughs> but do you know why it's crazy? Because he's he was willing to play in Saudi. He just said, hey, yeah, they lop people's heads off sometimes. They lop off they lop off people's heads that are gay. Is that what he said? Yeah. You know, but he was still he was still over there playing. So it wasn't like he was into, like, I'm not going over there because they're doing it. So like I just feel like we're we we we're not allowed to make mistakes anymore, and that's scary. It is. I say that because it's scary for yes. someone that does live radio and gets emotional and and heated sometimes. Like at any moment, I could be up out of here for a mistake. Here we go. They already out. I'm not. I'm not. I'm gonna just stop talking. Pledge, you're gonna be the <laughs> host, and I'm gonna be the producer. Because anything I say, I get killed for three hours for it. No, I never watch Seinfeld. You want to do all the stuff I do? No, I don't. Um, but I, that it just, he's a young man. He's, so Rob, I'm not defending Phil as much as I'm worried about myself. Oh, this is a selfish is take. A, you're absolutely right. But people keep receipts. I think you, if you're if you're assumed to be a, a person of good heart and good intention. 
you're allowed to slip up now and again. And if you do, you're allowed to be, you're allowed to come back. Okay. But you're not going to say some of the things that got a lot of people in trouble. The ones that, what gets people in trouble is the, the, the jokes that just ain't funny no more. <laughs> You know those things that he people would, come dude, in with. When comedians accents, get canceled, it's that's a whole other well, ball game. That's a, because their job is to push the envelope. Uh, you know, uh, th- we talked about this before, but for you know uh, what comes to mind is there was a, I guess, a baseball guy that was talking about Shohei Otani and said something from a commercial oh. back in the '60s. Well, yeah, yeah he paid a little bit of a that. price. And the thing about that is, if your business is to speak for a living, you have to know better. You have to. Yeah, and I do. I do, you know, do better. know better. You do know better. Yeah. So he, he paid, a, you know, got he sat down for a couple of weeks and he got back to work. But that was more about professional responsibility. You know, you have to know better, bro. The joke what you said wasn't awful. It was bad. And given the context, we kept receipts, you're okay. If you have a history of stuff like that and you say it again, strike three, bro, you're done. Yeah. Agreed. And it's, it is an overcompensation. We have turned into the skid, but we had to. Sometimes you have to not only fix the problem, but make it so awful that you won't even think about going to the gray line. And I think that's where we are right now. And we're not, it's going to be a bit. Well said. No, we're not going back. It's not like we're going to go backwards. It's only going to get more sensitive. We overcorrect. I I don't even want to sound like that person. I'm not the person that's going to be running around calling people snowflakes, but as part of me does feel like, damn, you, you offended by that? Because we're all looking for a reason to not like it. And again, I grew up in an era. Look, real quick, we got to get to the headlines. I played soccer, predominantly white locker room. It was, I took some jokes. I took some jokes. I gave out some jokes that, you know what I mean? Like, it. I just come from the era where, like, yo, you just had to take your beatings. And some of them were a little bit off color. Some of them were a little bit offensive, but you you laughed and then you you crack back at them and then y'all you go eat drink a whole a blue Hawaiian punch. Blue, you didn't have the blue Hawaiian punch at Southwest. Well, it was West Campus. West Campus. Let's not confuse oh. us with those sons of bees over there at Southwest. <laughs> I was like, come on, man! Like I, it's crazy, and yeah, I hate to be red. I hate to be that guy. Like I don't even want to sound like that guy, but good lord. Man, y'all got blue? The only color we were ever offered was red. Yeah, you, I know you, Mr. Smith and Valley, yeah. no one. Y'all probably had a Starbucks on the second floor with couches. <laughs> we had <laughs> Mr. Smith and Valley. We knock had it off. A a trough with a metal ladle. And tepid water. I don't know what a trough or a ladle is. The thing that you you had to drink out of what would look like you'd surf soup oh. in. I mean, to be fair, we did have the PVC pipe with holes punched in it that they shot water through to create a water fountain for us in the practice field. Oh, the outside water fountain, the big that never turned off, that just stayed on thirty out twenty four hours a day. That next thing you know, you're playing in mud. What were we drinking? What really came out of there? I don't know, but you know, if you drank out of that, you didn't get COVID. (laughs) If you anybody. Drank out of, out of the Allen B. Shepherd outdoor water fountain. We were all good. Yeah, after recess, having 200 yards rushing and seven touchdowns at recess, that water was good. <laughs> <It> was. 
I was a recess. I was an All-American in recess. For 26 minutes, I was the greatest football player alive. Let's get you caught up on all things that happened while you slumbered. It is called the 411 and the 210. Here's the 411 in the 210. We played handball in headline two. We'll start things off at the NFL Scouting Combine, where the Eagles asked North Carolina quarterback Sam Howell to play an unusual game during his interview with them. I walked in uh, one meeting. I had to shoot like basketballs on a on a mini hoop. That was probably the craziest thing I've had to do so far. It actually, it was the Eagles. It was the Eagles. They had they had to shoot on the mini hoop. Um, and I only made like two out of five. Uh, so probably not <laughs> high up on their board right now. So, do you think Sam Howell's not getting drafted by the Eagles because he shot a low percentage in mini hoops? I don't get this at all. What's going through the Eagles' brass mind when they say, "Hey, let's have these dudes do pop a shot"? So, I'm lost. And that's why they lost. I mean, we did it for the sports star at Slackers. Yeah, we're not pro athletes. I mean, so y'all kept me out of it, but... At 9.30, I want everybody to hang with us. Because okay. I want to talk about this. Okay. The, the story of the questions and the situations that NFL teams put their prospective draft picks in. Mm-hmm. It's Every year we talk about it. And it, there's, it's no surprise that uh, Howell's talking about the Eagles. Because Nick Sirianni, wasn't it last year that Sirianni was was brought up about what he did and in the in, in yeah. the combine and the questions that they asked, and he was it was about just trying to figure that. out the competitiveness of a yeah. player. He wanted to like play him in tic tac toe or something weird. No, uh, it was thumb wrestling or something. It was so one two three four. I declare thumb war. Yeah, that. I understand the no interview. snake bites though. And I understand you, you want to <laughs> get guys out of their comfort zone to see if they I think will actually what it answer is. some questions. Sirianni played rock, paper, scissors is what mm. it was. He wanted to see how competitive they were. Did they really want to throw down the paper when you had the rock? Did they have to own you with the pencil when you threw down the paper? Um, that's just silly and that's dumb. Yeah, that's what we said that was last year. Okay. What's that saying? If if you ever think you're the smartest person in the room, get out of that room. You're in the wrong room. I think right? Sirianni thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. <laughs> Moving on. Headline one. Guess what? Tonight, net star Kevin Durant's coming back. Wow. He's expected to take on the heat after missing a month and a half because of a sprained left MCL. Durant, who is not listed on the injury report yesterday for the first time since getting hurt back on January the 15th in a win over the Pelicans, provides a huge lift for the Nets, who went 5-16 and 16 without him. I think the storyline here, Pledge, uh, props to KD. I'm glad he's back. The league is better when Kevin Durant is there. <laughs> um, the storyline here, though, if, if this was Pop, if Spolster was Pop, He'd be sitting his guys tonight. They just played the Bucks last night. Like, Pop hated when you gave him two big dogs on back-to-back nights like this. And we're coming off the All-Star break where we probably played three and five nights or four and six nights. And, like, you're going to give me Bucks? You want to give me Giannis? And then you want to give me KD and Kyrie? Well, you know what? No Jimmy Butler. No Tyler Hero tonight. They got their, their knees are sore. You're going to lose on principle. Yeah. That's a tough back-to-back for the Heatles. Oh, sorry, LeBron, Wade, <laughs> Bosh, the Heat. The Heatles were those Don't guys. Ray Allen. 
Oh, yeah. Don't forget Ray. What are they, three and seven? Mike Miller. What did you just say without him? They're what? They were five and 16. Good Lord. Yeah, they've been pretty awful. And I got people that tell me KD doesn't matter anymore. He's not. He can't lead. Five and 16 without that man. Now, some of those 21 games are without Kyrie as well. Remember, they were like in first or second in the East when Durant got hurt. Yeah, they've. it's been a, a, a collapse. And the East is full of hot teams. The West is full of teams that spit and sputter. I mean, there's yeah. nothing hot in the West. And when is Ben's return? When that's, is Ben returning? That's the question I'm getting toward here. Uh, May 10th, I believe. <laughs> May is 10th. The, or, I'm sorry. March 10th, oh, I believe, is okay. the day that they play Philly. the Philadelphia 76ers. I assume a lot of people are circling after that. He'll be mentally ready finally. See, don't get me started, man, because then I'll say something and I'll be in trouble with the mental health community, so I'm going to shut up. And the expectation is that uh, pub, our private sector mask mandate that the Barclays is stuck under is going to be lifted here in the next week as well. So, so Kyrie, they're, gonna, they're Kyrie looking at giving the storm. Durant and Kyrie back here in the next two weeks. They need some time on the floor with Ben, but we'll, we'll talk about yeah, it. Yeah, can that you happens. imagine what could Durant, Kyrie, and Simmons? It's like training camp. Yes. These guys don't even know each other. They're going to have to get <laughs> everything together and get it, get it up to speed. Moving on. Headline Zero. And formerly, guys, a really good note. Former New Braunfels Unicorn and Texas Tech Rivera quarterback and former Texas Tech head coach Cliff Kingsbury, now the Arizona head coach, Got an extension yesterday through 2027, following their return to the playoffs for the first time since 2015. Along with Kingsbury, the Cardinals also extended general manager Steve Kime through 2027. But my guy Mike McCarthy's on the hot seat. (laughs) And he should be. Do you see what I'm saying, man? Yeah. This is not right. How is Kingsbury not on the hot seat? How is he getting an extension? My guy, San Antonio sports star guy, r in the morning guy, Mike McCarthy, our friend, our brother in tacos, goes 12 and 5, and he's answering questions about Sean Payton and Kingsbury can't finish, can't keep the door closed on the second half of a season and gets an extension? What does he get an extension for? Losing in the wild card round? This is his first time in the playoffs as a Cardinal head coach, mm-hmm. and he gets an extension? And they gave him all the tools possible. But Mike McCarthy's on the hot seat. Does Mike Man. McCarthy have all the tools possible? No. Oh. I don't think that... The, I mean, Rob and I disagree on this. I don't think the Cowboys are as talented as they think, as people think they are. As far as... Is this a more of a play to make sure Kyler stays? This, I was shocked to see it. I was just like you. Deserve, I am shocked. I ain't say, okay, I don't want to ask for his job, Rob, but an extension? Yeah, an extension. That's, uh, this wasn't... Five years. It, and this was not... He didn't have to get anything for a year. I, I really am shocked. And I wonder how much this Kyler situation blowing up the time as it has played into this. Because it, I, I see giving the GM an extension. The guy went and got some talent. I mean, the guy, as far as that side, I can see the GM getting the gig and getting some more time. But Cliff's proved nothing to me. Not that I wouldn't consider giving him extension later, but now? Pledge, get McCarthy on the phone. I want to know what he thinks about this. And here, you know, this is the part <laughs> of the story uh, when we talk about the Cardinals from now until when Kyler finally signs or leaves is the fact that Kyler and, and Cliff share an agent. Now, I know there's a fiduciary, mm. I'll say that again, a, a fiduciary responsibility here. They can't share info, but 
you gotta figure somewhere in there they know one hand is washing the other. And not only that, if you're Kyler, oh, y'all pay him. Well, yes. But not me. So doesn't that tell Kyler, look, you're going to get paid, man. You're good. Yeah, that guess it's it does. It's just not now. <laughs> Do you think that's at the end of the day what it is? Look, we've proven to you that Do your you, guy uh, that has followed you here. But are y'all sure he likes are y'all sure he likes Cliff? He's the reason uh, yeah. that he took uh, the job. Yeah, First I of all, so. we're cl- we clearly are under the assumption that Kyler doesn't really like anybody. I'm just going to assume he hates everyone. Well, I think there's that. So, our, I, I just don't... Of course, he's the reason he was the number one overall pick. They had just taken Josh Rosen. We all know the story. No need to rehash it. But that doesn't mean that it's worked out and he's in love with Cliff. I think he's smart enough to know that there's no other head coach out there that has done more to put his quarterback in a situation to be successful okay. than Kingsbury has done for Kyler Murray. All right. Now, you might not appreciate the system he put him in, but everything is built around him. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many other coaches would do that. I think most would, but the fact of the matter, there is a history here. I, I think it's more of a shot to prove to Kyler, like, look, dude, we're keeping your guy. And in fact, it'll prove to you that if you do have to wait another year before we decide to pay you the $55 million a year that you want, evidently, uh, your coach will still be here. Again, let me clarify myself for the early birds on the stream yard. I never pocket watch and hate on a man's money. Never. Hmm. I'm just saying, just look at how the, look at the expectation difference in one situation to the next. Yeah, but don't, do you, if you're McCarthy, you knew what you were getting into, and it's just part of the game. Rob, it's his second year. He went 12 and 5. I, I agree, but you know, this, call Jason Garrett. Yeah, you know what? I got it every year, and I was employed for a decade. So, yeah, you know. At the end of the day, McCarthy, if you live the same life I did, as Jason Garrett would say, you'll be employed for eight years. Now, people are going to question every move you make, but you'll have a long-term gig in the highest-profile coaching job in the world, I would say. Five years, Rob. Five. Five. Moving on. I think McCarthy. That's the 411 and the 210. I think McCarthy and his... uh... 14 penalties a game should get a 10-year extension through 2032. Wow, that's that's the disrespect, man. The Texans fans in here just throwing haymakers early. He's not not a leader of men. He sucks. He won a Super Bowl by luck. Whatever, man. Yeah, listen to the Texan fan. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Because we're going to talk Texans when we come back. Lovey Smith is an experienced head coach, a grown-ass man with a world-class beard. You ain't (laughs) listening in on his conversations. His phenomenal beard. You ain't putting on the headset and listening to me. I don't know what you did with that other guy, Cully, but you're not. We're going to hear from Lovey Smith. He's talking about his uh, general manager (laughs) listening in to play calling as he did last year. And also Deshaun Watson. We all realize it's coming to a head. What's Lovey Smith's stand on that? And... Who has decided not to chase him? We'll get into the NFL and the Texans next. Hang around with us. There's so much to talk about, and it won't be any fun unless you're with us. This is r in the Morning, and you're on San Antonio's Sports Star. ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. Sports Breakfast for your ears. Rob Thompson, Rudy J. r r in the Morning on San Antonio Sports Star. ESPN 1250 and 103.3 FM. Nick did what he thought was required uh, or that they had agreed upon his role. Got it. He had been a part of kind of the coaching staff 
uh, at other places he's been. But uh, you know, it's a di you know, it's a different year. Uh, I've never had the GM involved like that on game day. Don't plan on doing that part. We'll all have roles, and uh, we have a coaching staff. I feel like can handle all of those situations on game day, and of course, Nick is okay with that. That's Lovey Smith. He was on Patrick McAfee's calm, cool, and erudite show yesterday. I've spoken like a man that's pretty confident in what he's doing. He knows the situation he's in. He is he right now. Lovey Smith is in one of those metal shark tanks that you see <laughs> off the coast of Hawaii. He lowered himself in there, and he's got a couple of raw chickens in a bag. And he's going to try to fend off those sharks for the next year as he tries to navigate through the Houston Texans rebuild. I'll tell you this. As a fan, the more I hear Lovey, the more I love Lovey. Yes, Lovie. they got the right guy. This dude is, you know, the, the thing about where Lovey Smith is, is yes, he's in the middle of the shark tank, but at least he's laying down expectations. He is saying right now, no. I'm alpha. Casario, yeah, you are not listening to my play calls. I don't know what the, the deal you had with Cully was, but I'm a grown-ass man. I don't need that. But at the same time, if I'm Casario, can I just tell you, okay, I'm not, and then still listen. Grown-ass man. <laughs> I, uh, Casario, man, poor guy. Well, first no, of all, No, not man, poor guy. No, I don't have any. There ain't no poor, poor guy with Nick Casario. Yes, there is, Rob. He knew he was a, a, a stopgap, and he just had to take whatever was given to him. You're talking about Cully. Cully. Yeah, Cully. Yeah, Cully. that poor dude. Yeah. I, I said Casario, but yeah. yeah, Cully, he's just like, oh, you need it. He's like, you need a headset? Cully was a doormat. You know, Nick comes in like, hey, where's my headset? I'm sure Cully was like, you you, uh, you need a headset? Why do you need a headset? Why do you want to listen? I. That's weird. Did Cully think he needed a headset? <laughs> well, I think Cully was, <laughs> was willing to take anything so that when he retired on his on his mantle would be head coach David Coley after 25 years of trust and service throughout the NFL. And whether he deserved the job or not, he got it, and I, and I would I don't hold it against him. But the fact of the matter is he was coaching with one arm tied behind his back if he's got his general manager listening to every play call. So he should have known the moment that was happening, he ain't going to live. But I think he did know that. Right. So Lovey Smith, when they interviewed him, I'm sure he talked with Coley. He knew exactly what was going on in Houston. He, he's been here before. Yeah, love. He's like, I've been to a Super Bowl, man. We're not doing this. I, but I'm think I think those are things you discuss in the interview process. Yes, that was like, made you very get that clear out on the table. So, like, I'm not going through it. Like, am I really the coach, or am I just you know a guy? Why you're that you're gonna? I mean, you're gonna Brett Brown me? Are you gonna like make me go through the process and then hire and then fire me and hire somebody when we get all the right players? which is essentially what happened to Brett Brown. It is. And I, I have a feeling that he and his agent, if they did any kind of pre-work, built into some protections, some financial protections, if this was to go astray. But knowing that, and you can tell by the interview, one, he laid down the law. Look, I'm the head coach. You're the general manager. You go generally manage. I am going to head coach. You don't, don't head coach with me, and I won't generally manage with you. But there's also the situation that they've got to work together in, and that's Deshaun Watson. Mm. This is uh, Lovey speaking yesterday out at the Combine regarding where Deshaun Watson sits. I have no idea. And the good part about it is time kind of takes care of everything, you know. Um, uh, I, I just know if – I know Deshaun is an excellent football player. Excellent football players need to be playing somewhere. 
you know, in the NFL, and I'm, you know, hopefully that'll happen. And if it's not with us, somewhere else, and and I'm sure, as I see in this situation, both of us eventually are going to benefit from the situation. And I just can't wait for that to, you know, speed up a little bit. Where's Lovey from? He's, he's he's East Texas, right? Big Sandy, baby. That's where we get our liquor from. Somewhere. Did you, get we somewhere. That? Did you catch that? Somewhere. Somewhere. That's that East Texas, baby. <laughs> that was ah, East Texas. <laughs> Me and Rudy were talking about that yeah. this morning. <laughs> somewhere yeah, underneath the pipe. They got streets named after Lovey and Big Sandy. And rightfully so. Um, The move is coming. But, but Lovey's, I, Lovey's frustrated with it. And again, it sucks. Those are the times when you don't. And let me, I'm going to give y'all a behind the scenes on the media. You don't, you don't even want to ask that question, but you, oh, have, you have to. to. Yeah. It's so stupid. And that's the thing I hate about the media. Like, well, you have to, even though you know, what can, what can he give you? You know, like, and what can he give you on Deshaun Watson right now? Like you, Adam Schefter and you as the media will know before lovey. Truth. <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, what is he going to tell you? Yeah, you know what? We failed at three phone calls yesterday. Two of them sucked. One of them was pretty good. What is he going to tell you? If you're Lovey, how hard are you pushing for the best deal? If you're Lovey? If you're Lovey Smith and you're looking at the potential for what I could get versus just the headache of him being here, are you leaning on Casario for make any deal, just fix this? Or are you saying, dude, well, my longevity depends on what you bring back in this? Well, this is what I would tell you, Rob. While Lovey gets to tell Casario you're not listening to my calls, Casario gets to tell Lovey like I'm do, I do the shopping. Well, truth. So I I don't know how much Lovey say so. I think Lovey has full control of the team. He kind of let the media know that, but I feel like Casario has full control of what they purchase at HEB. James, over the last year as our resident Texan fan, has Casario done anything to endear you? Ooh, good question for a Texan fan. Yeah. You like him? Yeah. I mean, based on what? Give me an example of why you like him. Based on why I like him, his moves have been pretty good. He got low bargain basement free agents like Desmond King off the scrap heap, gave him a second chance, and they performed well last year in Lovey's system. You you saw different guys like Chevier Thomas come in and perform well. Don't just give me names. Are these dogs? No, I mean, but they did what they were supposed to do for that year. But if you look at the draft, every single one of his draft picks, despite not having a first or second round draft pick, only having five draft picks in total by the time he got done moving around, uh-huh. like Nico Collins performed well and looks like there's some upside there. Davis Mills performed extremely well Davis upside there. Pick. You got uh, Brevin Jordan who started to show some flashes towards the end of the year. Garrett Wallow started to play towards the end of the year. Garrett? Garrett uh, Wallow out of TCU. Garrett Wallow, he owes me money. Does he? Oh, you're naming okay. names. That was pretty impressive. I, you know, I, I initially, as he arrived, he felt like um, a plant. Who? Casario. Oh. He, had, you know, he was coming in with you the New England way, right. And was doing everything with the New England way. And keep in mind his history as the he went from chaplain to kind of rose through the back channel, kind of a Game of Thrones rise through the New England. So it just felt weird when he arrived down there. And then Cully comes in and, you know, Cully gets killed in the middle of the night, (laughs) you know, after a a year of what was a moderate success, I would think. So I I thought the way that he arrived and also the way I, I don't believe that our good friend with the Chronicle, 
John McClain John doesn't McClain. like him. I don't believe McClain has much care for well, Nick Casario. First of all, McClain, who who does McClain like? Well, He's grumpy. Uh, Nick's been around. I, I, I mean, love McClain. By John the way. has seen it all. You name it, John McClain has covered it. And I think he's a pretty good judge of sports character, which is different from moral character. But I think he's a pretty good judge of that. And I don't get the sense that McClain respects him. I could be wrong on that. And I use that as a bit of my reference for it. That if McClain sees him as a bit of a snake, I'm going to trust John. I don't know that to be true. But it just felt like initially, but I'll tell you this, if after last season, Mm -hmm. despite everything else, the Texans are in a better situation today than they were a year ago. And given the situation they were in, that's not an easy thing to say. And I think you do give Casario credit for that. The thing about it, they have a quarterback. Which, and they... That's respect. They found this cat. They have a quarterback. Mm -hmm. and So it'll be interesting bringing the uh, segment full circle because we've got to get out of here. Is... Now you're not in a situation where you're looking to trade with someone that has a QB to get in return. So it changes the dynamic of what you're asking for. Which plays into the other story that's breaking around. Miami seems to be out on the Deshaun Watson chase and all in on the tanking for Tua thing that happened several years back. Uh, Lots more NFL talk coming your direction. Kanye, he's got uh, his ex is single but still married, and there's a doll underground. I don't know what's going on. We'll talk some Kanye and Kim and Pete Davidson scenario and what is now groundbreaking news, I guess, coming out of California in that you can still be married and getting divorced and declared single all at the same time. It's a bold new world. And I got Greta fan fleet tickets to give away. Early birds, stay close. They're coming your way next. You're on r r in the morning. This is San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. Hey, this is Michael Jimenez. Have lunch with me on Halftime today at noon. San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 1250 and 103.3 FM. This is r r in the morning. Thanks, Mike. You're listening closely. This is Greta Van Fleet, and they're coming to San Antonio. Dreams of Gold Tour. Got a little bit of 80s metal sound to it, doesn't it? The future and the past of rock and roll coming together. Man, this is 70s, like Led Zeppelin. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Late 70s, early 80s. This is has, right now, right now, $3 you call it. It has a $3 you call it feel. A little yes. roadhouse feel. Yeah, yeah, got a little boom, boom. I like them. I like this band, and I'm not a metal type. I don't know if this is metal, Rob. Well, no, it's rock and roll in okay. the greatest sense. But we have to put it in the metal genre. There is some Led Zeppelin feel to it. It's my generation, right? We're in the sweet spot. If you want to go, get on the phone six five six three seven seven six six five six ESPN. They'll be in our beautiful AT and T Center. Just before Thanksgiving, November the 5th, they're that good. We got to plan that far out. It's like high waisted bikini feel. Remember when the girls were wearing the high waisted joints and everybody was a rail? That was a good time. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, this the rail was, thing was. This was before we're everybody. The 80s. Yeah, this was before everybody wanted fake everything. <laughs> what do you consider what, what, metal, Rob? Yeah, this ain't metal. What, no, it's not metal, but it's in not. this genre, I don't think we have... Do we have just regular rock and roll anymore? Can you name another band like Van Great Fleet point. that feels like so. late 70s? You got metal, and you got 
metal rap. I don't know what. He sounds a lot like Robert Plant. It, well, that's what I'm saying. It's got a Led Zeppelin feel to it. Yeah. Robert Plant. Who's Robert Plant? Lead singer of Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin. Oh, okay. So what I like. What color him. am I looking for? Uh, color number seven. The phones lit up. I guess everybody knows who they are except me. We got all kinds of tickets to give away this week. Uh, Brooks and Dunn, we interviewed uh, Kix Brooks up at the Super Bowl. They're going to be here in June, and Michael will have some tickets to give away for that as well. We also have another uh, rock show coming uh, to the Whitewater. We got tickets for that uh, at halftime as well. Coheed and Cambria will be at the Whitewater. That's what we do. We give away good music because that's what we like. Here in San Antonio Sports Star. Coming back, does the PGA Tour have a well a popularity problem? Yeah. Because if your most popular player hasn't played in a year, nor one in five, uh, do you have a problem? And is it Phil Mickelson? The golf world gathers in Orlando to pay homage to the greatest in Arnold Palmer. We'll talk about what's coming up this weekend. 8.30, Carolina Teague will be here. Sacramento's in town. The rodeo road trip is done. The Kings are here, and we're only two games away from celebrating Pop as truly the greatest ever. Carolina will be here to talk about them, Kings. Hang with us. So much to talk about in so little time. You're on San Antonio's Sports Star. That's ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. Uh. Rob Thompson. Rudy J. R and R in the morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. We are so glad you're with us. It's Thursday. It's 8.01, and you are sitting comfortably in the San Antonio Sports Stars living room. He's Rudy J. I'm Rob Thompson. What up? James Fledger taking control of the battleship. This hour, we're talking PGA, the Spurs. I sunk your Battleship pledge. Well, well, I never played that game. E7. You didn't play Battleship? No, I didn't. I, didn't. I am what? so sorry you didn't play Battleship. I didn't ever play Battleship. Was it a conscious choice? You just didn't have the game. Are uh, you anti-naval warfare? <laughs> this is how stuff gets started on the stream. <laughs> I mean, but well, why do you hate the Navy, Rudy? <laughs> Do you I not don't. have respect? You were at the Army-Navy game. Never again volunteer yourself. <laughs> you, you open the book. People are going to read it. it. He's treating the Navy like he does uh, Devontae Smith. He's like, I love the Navy. And then he's like, yeah, I hate Battleship. I was pulling for Army. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I didn't play Battleship. I was outside. I'm not like you kids. <laughs> I <ain't looking>. Wow. <laughs> I ain't like y'all. I was outside. Playing high and go see. Well, we five, always played 10, 15, 20. We had Battleship. In fact, I Did think we had it? both versions. We had the the OG one that was not electronic, and then we kept losing the little pegs. Mm-hmm. And then we got the newer version that had the explosions and the sounds. And we probably lost the pegs to that one as well. Damn, Rob, y'all had money, money. Oh yeah, we we had all the good toys. I had some good toys. I had some quality toys. I, my my proudest toy collection. What's that? Was I had every possible evil Knievel motorcycle, you know, launch what? rocket. Guys around your age, Winnebago was evil, van evil was the guy. Right? Oh he man, was the guy. Well, we, had, we we had dolls. We had a bunch of dolls. We had that. What? I had the six million dollar man where you could roll his arm up and look at the uh, electronics. You could roll the skin nice. on his arm up. You could look at the electronics underneath, and you could look through the back of his head because he had X ray vision. And then I had every GI Joe. We would have uh, we'd have wars, and then we'd go take over the Barbie pond and hang out over there with the with the Barbies. <laughs> yeah, 
because the girls was over there. We had all that stuff. I, I'll never forget as a as a kid. I'm at my my great grandfather's house in beautiful Gladewater, Texas. Whoa, you Gladewater. I had all my dudes were out in the dirt playing around, and my great grandfather walks up and looks down and goes, "I didn't know boys played with dolls." I was like, "These ain't dolls. It's an action figure. This is a GI Joe." Wait a minute. <laughs> this is a doll. I'm playing with a doll. It was an existential yeah. moment for an eight-year-old. I want to say my 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 prize toy when I started getting Transformers. The Transformers, oh, yeah. you know, like there was those were a big deal because the one they weren't cheap. I aged but out of two, that. Two, yeah, yeah, yeah. You were probably about the long past, yeah. You know, but that was still Saturday Indian style, three bowls of cereal. Well, you know, I got luckily. Yeah. Luckily, you guys got that. Luckily, <laughs> that, you're I, a generation dude, that got Saturday any, morning cartoons. Can we go there for a minute? Let's Saturday, Saturday a morning cartoons. Functioning Castle Grayskull. Oh, you awesome. were privileged. Awesome. Oh yes, yes. you were privileged, oh, Ryan yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hey, my. It's not I, life changing. I, thought I, had, I, I, I remember when I, I walked into my boy, my boy uh, Jeff Barnes. Jeff Pines looks just like Matt Barnes. That's why I call him Barnes. I walked into his home, you know, it's Christmas, and in the in the garage place, he had the Terra Dome. Really, remember the, remember the and his dad had put it together the night before. Oh, yeah. I, I wanted to kick it. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to kick bitter it. much. Yeah, the Terra Dome, but no, my Transformers because again, they weren't cheap, and you you save your you save your pennies here and there, and you get one. They were like, that was a big deal to get a Transformer. The big ones are the. I mean, what size were these things? Yeah, because well, yeah, oh, about like that. Yeah, about like this. I gotta tell you, the Transformers I think were before my oldest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I my, we didn't have a lot of Transformers in the house. We, we I, I think they were, my oldest was Pokemon. Yeah, that was, they, they were. That was, they, that was the thing. Transformers had kind of phased out by. They were young. They because they're like. 20, what's you're your in your oldest? 40s, 35, yeah. 40 if, you, if you're yeah. playing with Transformers. Right, yeah, he wasn't, but, they were too young. But to the topic of cartoons, I think we can trace the downfall of society back to the generation that didn't get Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah. That generation, <laughs> it ruined them. Dude, Saturday morning, like, the only thing that was sucked about Saturday is, like, if my, me and my sister kind of disagreed. On which channel on to watch? On which channel. The great thing about being raised as basically an only child my sister was nine years older than me. She so by the time watching I'm watching, by the time I've got Saturday morning cartoons, I'm by myself downstairs. Was there Saturday. was a time when on CBS, they would have a prime time special announcing the cartoons that were going to run that season. Really? Yes. I mean, the, I probably remember, but don't remember. There was this group called the Hudson Brothers. These, they were just comedians i don't know that hosted these shows it was a big deal so we then that basically what they were was what we make fun of so then i shouldn't be making fun because see my kids watch youtube people talk about toys and i'm like why are you watching them talk about toys but what you're explaining to me is he essentially was talking about the cartoons that were going to come yeah out. they had and of course it was product i gotta placement. stop making fun of my kids no the, the same message is getting out it's just getting a different way but right. the way that we consumed it was better communally right I we didn't you. all sit staring into our own individual tablet, looking at essentially the same thing, but not talking about it. We we all laid on the couch and we all watched it and laughed. Smurfs and we didn't, and you didn't get cartoons, but Saturday it was or you had like thirty minutes on an afternoon show. But man, what is up with that? Why yeah, man? Saturday morning cartoon network. You got yeah. Bugs Bunny once a week. That was it. 
That's not true. We were grateful. If you were fortunate enough to have a VCR, your parents bought you VHSs of all the Looney Tunes and Scooby-Doo's. I remember that. Um, Yeah, my kids had the DVDs of those things. We didn't have that either. But I, I do think you can trace back the generation that suddenly didn't have Saturday morning to look forward to. Hey, hey, hey. Fat uh, Albert. Albert. You didn't get Fat Albert. Rudy. There was one named Rudy. He was he was uh, the little that brother. Little hat on, right? With Rudy the little, little, little brother. Beanie with the eyes out. <sighs> Turned out I'm he was old, a bit of a... Turns <laughs> out the whole Bill Cosby thing, probably the best example of things that we sat and watched. <laughs> Damn. He had some quality group. TV, though. He did. Orlando's playing host to Arnold Palmer's annual yes. PGA event. The uh, And it is one of those that, as the PGA swings through Florida, that the stars normally show up at. And when it was Arnold, everybody came to kiss the ring. Tiger kind of took it over for a fair amount. It was right. the event to be. And it, it's no surprise that there is this bizarro um, competition that the PGA holds that offers its most uh, what, popular player. Is that this what it is? This is the first time. So they've got this, and there's a it's lot of money the P- behind this. PIP. The, what does that stand for, this little pip? Uh, whatever the pip is. It's in your notes. I've got three or four books in front of me. Don't, here, don't, don't teacher us. <laughs> the don't Player us Impact t- Program. Yeah, the the player, player Impact Program. It measures popularity of players on the PGA Tour. And evidently, the, the measuring stick... That what? How did they? How did they base it? Instagram followers? But that Phil Mickelson used was not the measuring stick that the PGA used, because <laughs> Phil seemed to think that he finished first place in the pip race and won eight million dollars. He said, "No, I won it." When he found out he didn't, Tiger retweeted him. Who just put "Oops"? So Tiger, he's, he, he's did they do tro- this after after <laughs> the comments to where they're like, "Oh, it can't be him, dude." He's been trolling Phil for. Over a decade. Do, do, uh, is it friendly back and forth between two they, good old buddies, or is there some little is there a little vinegar in this? Because they're golfers, they keep it classy. They don't like each. They other. They don't like each other. At the end of the they, day, they they, don't. there's a respect level that's different. Like you can respect someone and not like them, but they'll make money with each other. Yeah, they'll they'll get the- money together because they respect each other. But be clear: if I was Phil, I wouldn't like Tiger. Like you're the guy that kept me from being the most forever. Yeah, yeah, you know. But Phil thought he won. He didn't. Tiger trolls him. <laughs> Phil has had a bad two weeks, man. So let's think about the broader thing. Let's talk thing. about the broader yeah. thing. Let's so go, Phil Rock. Mickelson thought he was the most popular, and Phil's, what, 75 years old? It I mean, shouldn't be him either, It though. shouldn't be. No. So he shouldn't be second. Is this the issue? You know, because yes. yes. we talked a lot about this yesterday. Parody is overrated. Parody in the broadest sense of sports is mm-hmm. overrated. Because if you want to talk parody, talk PGA. It's the truth. There's there's two guys on the leaderboard every week you've never heard of. Every week. So parody gets you here. Tiger Woods is the pipper. <laughs> Tiger is the pipper for the PGA. He is the player impact award participant champion. He got $8 million for practice swinging with his son for being the most popular player on the PGA. Go ahead, please, and then I'll go. Just for fun, going mm-hmm. into the year, talking about rivalries and, and player impact, Bryson DeChambeau finished ahead of Brooks Kepka and took home more money, so that's something <laughs> to just keep an eye on bit, heading into the season. A little See, bit of salt there. 
this is the problem though. And and again, I've gone back and forth with my golf buddies about this, and I'm like, hey, you know what? This is a tougher. I do think the fields are tougher now than when Tiger was making his run. Although Tiger in his prime, I disagree problem, with that. Do you really? You think that there's better golfers oh now as a whole than there were yeah, back Tiger, in the mid '90s? I think Tiger has a Mike Tyson like resume. Wow. Okay. I, I don't. You know golf better than I do. I just remember that time. I had some. I, what? I mean, we were at the end of the Arnie. We had uh, a young Phil, a Freddie Couples. There were a uh, we're, there were a lot of good golfers. I think these there. guys are better. I'm with you. I'll I'll, I'll trust you. Are you mad that I'm well, like giving all, you so much paperwork in the morning? Because you've chose violence all week. Time out, Rob. I will say this: Pledge knows more about it than me. Yeah. So, well, um, I do feel that okay. way. A lot of people will disagree, and that's fine. I can roll with a hot take, but at the same time, it, there is an issue. He can't still be the most popular. Like you have to think about all the other sports. Like Magic and Bird come and save the day. But they had this ball-headed dude that got drafted by Chicago that took the baton willingly. And, you know, then Kobe takes it, and then LeBron takes it. Football, you're like, damn, Tom's gone. Well, there's this dude that's out of Lubbock from Tyler, Texas, whereas Oakley's by the name of Patrick Mahomes who comes and takes it. There's your Josh Allens who comes and takes it. Maybe you know his brother. You know what I mean? Baseball, you have your (laughs) guy. (laughs) Yeah, you got baseball. You got your guy, Mike Trout, Shohei Itani. The only one of the only sports, and besides men's American tennis, they still haven't had anyone. But golf, they don't have anyone that America has gotten behind and that mm-hmm. we want to sit down and watch. Because they're first of all, let's okay, let's just throw Tiger out of it. Of course, he's number one. The fact that the Phil gets second, the fact that Phil got second is bo- is more bothersome than Tiger, Rob. Like you mean to tell me Fowler, DeChambeau, Kepka, Dustin Johnson. Speed, McElroy, McElroy, like none of the y'all can't beat out the guy that's cancel cultured right now. Well, uh, okay, that yeah, I agree. Again, with the field part is worse than Tiger. By but, the way, they all finished tied for third. They, yeah, okay, they, it was pretty. So it was, <laughs> it was a pretty close. Third, it's yeah. McElroy, Speed, DeChambeau, Thomas tied for third, getting three and a half million, while Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, John Rahm, and Bobbitt Watson all take home three million apiece. Now. I will say this about Phil Mickelson, that I think Phil, more than any other golfer, embodies the golf lifestyle. Okay. I know what you're saying. You know the guys that are are successful, but love golf? You know the guys that have their own business, but they Mm. only have their own business, so it allows them time to go play golf, that (laughs) will play three times a week, and they're going to gamble $500 a round. Yes. That is Phil Mickelson. Hmm. So I think there's some popularity there because Phil is the quintessential golf lifestyle guy who has paid a lot of bills on the 19th, who has settled a lot of money on the 19th, who has bet a lot of money on the 18th, who who lives that let's go play some golf because it gives me a chance to gamble kind of life. And I know these guys, and Phil epitomizes that. Let me ask you something, Rob. You got two boys in their 20s. Mm -hmm. When y'all talk on the phone or text or Jack comes by, does he ever say, Dad, did you see the fourth round at the Genesis? Does he bring up golf? No, but I'll tell you this, and and I'm glad you brought it up, because the, the pandemic gave golf a unique opportunity. Because for a year and a half, just about the only thing you could do, or at least around here in Texas, you could go play golf. Mm-hmm. You can play outside. 
You didn't get the carts, you didn't, but they opened the place. That was one of the few things that you could go g- do communally with people. Mm-hmm. My kids were full into golf. Both the boys were playing golf two, three times a week, going to the driving range because it was basically all you could do. There wasn't going out. You weren't going to clubs. You weren't going to restaurants. You weren't, but you could go outside and play around the golf around San Antonio. And they got into it. But the moment there was nothing for them to hold on to in golf tournaments. There wasn't that guy that go, this is the guy I'm going to follow because he's always on the leaderboard. I'm always going to see him play on Sundays. I think golf has a youth problem. Yes. They didn't have anything to grab. Yeah. There is a youth problem because the reason that these, the older guys are winning is because the older guys are the demo. You know, that they don't, they don't have the, the 20, the 18 to 25 crowd. Tiger's more popular with them because that's all they know. Right. And the reason Tiger is and maintains his popularity is not just his dominance. It's like Steph Curry. He brought a swag to the game that had never been there before. And we still don't get to see as much of that swag as we do when Tiger Woods is on the course. The fist pumping, the high-fiving with your caddy, the... The twirl of the club, like these are iconic signature things. But here's and the I'll, thing. Go ahead, bro. But they're living on legend. No, my oldest never saw Tiger play. See, that's what I'm saying. But he knows about it's it. A youth, he knows, he's living it's a on youth, legend. It's a youth thing. And also, we've we've fallen in love with Charlie. There's no swing. We like we like little Charlie. He, he acts he just like ex. his pop. You know ex. what I mean? So we fall in love with Charlie. But again, when you don't have eight, again, ask any league. That's why NBA pushes 2K like they right. do. If you don't have 18 to 25, you're, gonna, you're in trouble. Because those are the people that keep the sport going. Well, really, you need them at 7, 10. Because the 10-year-old knows 2K. The 10-year-old knows Steph Curry. My daughter, when she was 7 or 8, 9 years old, she went through this. I like Steph Curry. I'm like, you don't even watch basketball. What do you mean? What do you know about Steph? So if you don't have that group, which I don't think golf does, it's going to be tough for the Dustins, the Rorys, the Speeths. Uh, my, 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 how you say it? Mats, Matsuyama? Yeah, Matsuyama. Hideki those, Matsuyama? Yeah, you don't have those, you don't have the kids following them and wanting to be them. Because eventually, we go, eventually, I'm going to be out of here. Did, you know? Right. <laughs> so they got it at don't some talk point. like that. Who no, said, I know, but you know what I'm saying. Who felt like the most likely? It felt like Spieth, right? It felt like Spieth was like going to be dead. Really, you thought so? I think it. I mean, I, first of all, Spieth and Rory, I thought were yeah. the next. When Spieth oh, won, yes, the, won the yes, Masters, yes, yes. I felt like that's it. Well, we won, got him. Remember, he won four, right? And I was like, "Oh, this well, is the here guy." He is. But it was the falling apart at the at the majors that really set him back. I think. Yeah, the thing about it is, once watching McElroy come to the podium and say, I didn't deal with the pressure well, it wasn't for me, and then watching Spieth miss cut after cut, and it doesn't go through what he went through, it gave me more of an appreciation for Tiger because he went yeah. 80 years without missing a cut. So his mental toughness is just it's just, it's just somewhere else. It's just from Mars. It's on, it's on the space station. Because these guys, they get the number one. The number one is fluid. It's like a college... It's like college hoops number one. <laughs> you got to go check Absolutely. week to week. But no, PGA, and that's why, you know, to go back to our other argument, our other debate, I'll say, when I was like, man, why is the PGA okay with 10,000 beer cans on hole 16? <laughs> this is why. Because they're they going to have to focus else. on the game and not the player right, right. now because the yep. player is not a guarantee. Not a bad thing because at least you get some consistency there. Yeah. Exactly. 
Let's get you get your headlines. It's time for the four one one and the two one zero. Here's the four one one in the two one zero. Headline two. We'll start things off. Actually, this entire headlines going to have a theme. Okay. It's things said at the combine. <laughs> okay. Dolphins general manager Chris Greer says the door is shut on Deshaun Watson. He said that they definitively believe in Tua Tungavailoa's development going into year three. The Dolphins were the team that both had most been tied to Watson and that Watson had been known to have interest in waiving his no-trade clause for. Watson is still expected to be of heavy interest at some point this offseason as he continues to wade through his off-the-field issues, including 22 civil suits. Rob, I'm going to give you this one because you got I, I loved your take this morning on Stephen Ross and Deshaun Watson thought process. I think Miami's got enough problems, quite <laughs> frankly. I think Ross is trying to hold on to the team. So you're going to bring in an alleged sexual harasser, a, 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 a trafficker, to maybe deflect the attention that's being paid to you, paying your coaches to, or trying to pay your coach to, to dump the games. I, I think it's a big mess. But on the other side of it, I also appreciate the fact that you got a quarterback that isn't awful no. and who could be really, really, really above average. I'm not sure how what Tua's ceiling is. It's not as high as I thought it was going to be. But I do think that he's capable of winning football games, and you've got that. So why add any other issue? I would continue going with Tua, whether Deshaun was imminently available or not. Mic drop. And I just want to say, Tua Tungabailoa, Remember, Mike McDaniel is the head coach for the Dolphins. Comes out of that Kyle Shanahan, Gary Kubiak, uh, Matt LaFleur tree. And that offense is very, very easy for quarterbacks. You know what that tells me, though? For you fantasy football types, follow the running back at Miami because he's going to get a lot of yards. Whichever one whoever, surfaces. Yeah, whoever comes out as the number one RB at Miami next year, circle mm-hmm. that guy if he's coming out of the Shanahan tree. Those guys, they run the ball to protect the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Or just auto-draft. Yeah. <laughs> Which <laughs> this is what you get. Oh, is that your trophy? When you that's turn it. on the auto draft, why don't you take there? a swing yeah, out of that yeah. football? That's no, a there's cool nothing trophy. in this football. <laughs> that's a cool trophy. It is. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I finally got it delivered from Billy T. Shout out to Bill Taylor. Bill Taylor and in inclement weather. Torrential rains. The name of this football team. Moving on. Headline one. Our daily Aaron Rodgers update. Green Bay Packers head coach Matt LaFleur doesn't want to annoy Aaron Rodgers during his decision-making process, he said. Yeah, you, you always want to be respectful because I'm, I know it's a lot to take on. He's got a lot to think about. and Does um, he really? Certainly, I, I'm making sure that I consistently uh, communicate with him, but um, also want to be respectful of, of his time and, and the process that he has to go through. LaFleur's comments come the day after Packers general manager Brian Gutekunst told the reporters at the NFL Scouting Combine that he has not fielded any trade offers for the four-time MVP. Dude. He's received no calls. The Patriots didn't do all of this for Tom Brady. And he le- he had six when he was walking out. The, you think the, they wish they would have? Dude, the thing, I may be <laughs> pledged, but... The way they are handling Aaron. Well, you'd do the same, wouldn't you? Rob, this is a bit much, man. Hold on. You're a Bears fan. If you had Aaron Rodgers, you are talking Super Bowl every year going into the season. 
But the fact of the matter is, as much as I love Aaron, he's only been to one. Yeah. Because it's hard. Yeah, but it you're, is hard. you're right. It's it only been much. one, but it is Aaron. It's hard. And you, you do everything you can. It I'm, just seems like it's like... But the question, I think, is really the, the issue here. He's Annoying like, him? What... what like, I guess, basically meaning like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna ask him anything. I'm not gonna I'm, bombard him with texts and phone calls and be like, "Have you made a decision? Are you, are you well, coming? Is there anything I can do for well, you?" Well, you, that's a fine line, though. But he I did mean, say he kept in contact. He just didn't annoy him and bombard him. I think I would border lot, on being man. annoying. I don't know if I feel this way because I feel like we get a lot of Aaron Rodgers updates. <laughs> But and it, and they're all worthy of talking about. I'm not I'm not Jimenez about this situation. Mike, you got to listen to halftime news. Yeah, too. that guy, he's hilarious. It gives us enough stuff to talk yeah, about the next day. We just could from... do I could do a Jimenez segment every day on this show. John Moran, greatest just, player yeah, of all time, or it, no? It's <laughs> it's a bit much. It just feels like a bit much for Aaron. It is, but I completely understand it. it. I get it. I, I will. I'm going to tell you how much I love you until you leave, hey. and then once you leave, I don't like you anymore. Jordan but, Love asked for a trade. They hate you. They do. Remember, they did this with <laughs> Brett Favre too. But, 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 at the end, uh, McCarthy, our our guy, was like, "Hey, I have a quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. Should Brett leave? Exactly. I haven't. We haven't heard Lafleur say that. Exactly. They hate you, Jordan. Ask for a trade." <laughs> Never has been been more victim of circumstance than anybody else. Poor love, it was wrong place at the wrong time. He had no idea. Go Just, play for the Browns, bro. Yeah, he, he had nothing he to do with this. He didn't deserve it. He got drafted poorly and has paid the price. And it'll probably be the the when you look back at his career, he'll never overcome this. Moving on. Headline zero. Our final com buying update comes from. Seattle Seahawks head coach Pete Carroll, who says they have no intention of trading Russell Wilson. In his first comments to the media since the Seahawks' disappointing 7-10 season, Carroll again, though, stopped short of shooting down the possibility of entirely not trading him, speaking afterwards to reporters on the podium. As Carroll said, John Schneider's standard response to teams that have inquired about Wilson and the Seahawks is they aren't shopping the quarterback, according to the News Tribune. <laughs> That's not shopping and not trading are two different things. That When you say I'm not trading him, that means you're not calling people, but you're taking calls. Yes. Like, Pledge, is Russell following the Seahawks? And this is a serious question. Is he following them on Instagram? I'll actually I'm, have to check. I'm not looking up right is. now. I think we would have heard. If he <laughs> I think we would have heard if he <laughs> yeah, if he went Kyler Murray scrub. I'm gonna check just in case. His his Instagram name Rob is Dangerous. <laughs> Russ is so cheesy. I love him to death. <laughs> Great guy. I leave my kids with him, but Dangerous. It's so I corn in that. a cup. It is so corn in a cup, corny. Like damn, Russ. Really? <laughs> Was he 12 when he came up with us? <laughs> Rudy, you'll appreciate this because every what? time I hear his Twitter handle or his Instagram handle as Dangerous, uh -huh. I think of that Buster Rhymes song. It is. It's Dangerous. <laughs> this is Dangerous. <laughs> you think he plays that on loop? Yeah. Oh, wait. That's he's following he's the Kraken. He's following the FC. And he's also following the Seahawks. There we go. He's okay. safe. He's good. Here's the sign for me. What's up? Is he... By rumor, I'm not sure if Russell has said it, but I think I've heard rumors in a roundabout way that he would be interesting in playing with the Washington Commanders. If if that's part of what Russell's talking about, he's as good as gone. 
Because he's not he's talking about Super Bowl. He's been trying to get out for a year and a half, yeah. I think Seattle's as good as gone to get him gone, too. I really think he's it's probably, time. at the end of the day, the most likely to move. And might, you know, as a Cowboy fan, that's worst-case scenario for me. I don't want Russell and Riverboat Ron together. That could be a lethal I, you know, combination I do for feel a year like, too. I feel like a lot of people feel like Rust is past his prime. Uh, you put I him with that, Scary Terry in an, an, an adequate offensive line. I, I, he ain't done. I agree with you, Rob. I just the feeling I get around the league and from analysts is like nobody's really talking about Rust in that light any longer. No, they better. He's been alone. I mean, anything Seattle's done over the last two years is because Russell did it. So if he comes to the NFC East, Ooh. would you put him as the best? Do you have him better than Dak today? Yes. Not not his past. Yes, he's better than Dak today. That's not that's not a slap. Russell's really, really, really good to this day. Oh. I'm shocked you said yes. Next year, as as Father Time takes his toll, but I think I wouldn't. I would bet. If you ask 32 GMs today, which quarterback would you rather have? Health? I mean, they're both equally healthy. Age stays the same. I think most would take Russell. By the way, update. While he is still following the Seahawks, apparently, according to a Seahawks fan, Jason, that called in, he has scrubbed all pictures of him in Seahawks gear from all of his social medias. We got to stop watching this stuff so close. random thing to find out. Like, who looks at that? (laughs) Is he in Kraken gear? Speaking of the Kraken, all of a sudden your 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 midday host Rob is a Kraken fan. He took a poll on Twitter and they told him that's who to be a fan of. So now he he's a he's a Kraken fan. So yeah, we got the shooter. We you have to watch here. hockey before you can be a fan of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in that boat too. So I I'm not making fun, but I'm not choosing a hockey team or a English Premier League team. Although I seem to have found one in the Bundesliga. St. Pauli. A great story you told me. St. Pauli. Interesting yeah. story. Hey, we got to talk some hoops. That's the 411 and the 210. CT, as we call her, Carolina Teague, our Spurs embed reporter, will join us next as we look forward to the Sacramento Kings arriving, the newly retooled yet ongoing losers. The Sacramento Kings come to San Antonio. Two more wins for Pop to set the record. Are we going to get closer tonight? We'll talk about it with Carolina next. It's like breakfast tacos with the hot stuff. Rob Thompson, Rudy J, R&R in the morning on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 1250 and 103.3 FM. R&R gets you ready for tonight's game. The Shootaround. Let's get back at it. The Spurs come home. The road trip is done. Two games away for the all-time record. Let's talk some Spurs as the Kings arrive. Carolina Teague has as well. Go find a device. Look at 7 o'clock. You'll see her there. Morning, Carolina. How are you today? Good morning, guys. I'm doing great. I did my hot morning yoga, and I'm ready to roll. You cheesing like you like us. We know you like Jimenez better, but you cheesing like you like us. I have I like so many questions. So what do you mean you did what, your hot, hot yoga? Yeah, what, what's up what with this that? hot yoga stuff? What does that mean? Uh, did, do you have a, like so, a hot room in your house? So it's like a studio that you go to and it's like oh. 100 degrees in there. And you do yoga inside that room. So you've already done it today? I did it. I woke up at 545 um, because I feel like I have a lot of stress in my life. And I feel like sometimes my mind can't shut off, which is a good and a bad thing. So, like, on my way to hot yoga, I was had one hand on the wheel, 
and I was jamming to Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg. That's Just not like a way to calm down. The yoga studio. <laughs> yeah, then I went to the yoga studio and I meditated. So I feel like I need that balance well, in my life. <laughs> they say successful people wake up in the 5 a.m. And that's, you know, well, Rob. We're, we're successful Rob as hell, and Pledge though. are already working by 5. So props are to them. Are you trying to get successful? Are you trying to I'm like, telling look you, where you're sitting. You're 7 o'clock you on, on the San Antonio Sports Star website. You're here. Yes, that's success. You're on with the best show just, in the city. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? Are you successful? With, with that in that mind, you're, you're sitting with an award-winning broadcaster here with Rudy J, who offered the state's finest sportscasts in all of 2021. I witnessed it November the 3rd. I saw, I heard it when I did it, and I knew it, and the rest of the state realized it. And now Rudy's an award winner, and he's going to go to a meal and get some rubber chicken and awesome. Me and my ghostwriters. <laughs> Big flex. Big flex, flex for show. You had a you had a ghostwriter for that broadcast. Let me tell you something. You know who wrote "Still Dre" the song "Still Dre"? Jay Z wrote it. I found out it was Jay Z. I'm all out. about. Yeah, I was surprised. I'm all about the the final product and getting the job done. If somebody else writes my raps, <laughs> if the song is a hit, it doesn't matter. I only spit my own lyrics because again, somebody <laughs> wrote somebody wrote most of Whitney Houston's songs, but only Whitney can make it a hit. Only I can make it a hit. You see what I'm saying? That's like that, people been doing sports casts for a long time, but this is the first one to come back to Texas. Oh, here we come go. back to San Antonio. Oh, no, here we okay? go. Okay, I just created a diva. Here it is. You, 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 you <laughs> mark the clock. It is now officially eight thirty nine in the blessed a.m. Let's, Let's get it started. You got pledge angry <laughs> on the other side of the glass. He's been doing it. So obviously, you downgraded him. I love Pledge. He knows that. <laughs> yeah, so, hard. And now Rudy is a is a diva. Here we go. I said it's all it's all about the delivery, baby. It's you all about the ready. delivery. You know what I mean? Yes. So the Sacramento Kings are delivering a brand new team, the likes of which we haven't seen in a bit. They shook their roster up. They bring us a DeMontis Sabonis and a Deer and Fox, just to name a few. They're coming off of a pretty tough loss. Uh they went down to Orlando. But let's talk about who we are. Know ourselves is what we call it. Know yourself. I was running through the six with my wolf. So the Spurs uh, look to start the usual suspects tonight. Devin Vassell firmly ensconced as a starter. Though lineups.com continues to try to tell me that Lonnie Walker is indeed the starter in their minds, though I don't I don't think he is. So this is it, right? We we are we all permanent in that Lonnie is taking on the points off the bench. The attitude, the bucket getter, and Devin Vassell is the starter because he can not only hit a three, but he can defend four positions. Is that what we're looking for for the end of the year? CT? I love the Lonnie Walker as a six man. I love him right here. He's thriving. Keep him there. This is where he's doing well at, uh, making 22 points, even though Pop plays with the rotations and takes him out towards the end of the game, even if he's on fire. I crazy. like the idea of, yeah, that is pretty crazy. But I like the idea of Lonnie Walker being the sixth man. I think this is brilliant. This is brilliant. This is where he belongs. I love it. Rob, yeah, she brought up something that uh, Spurs Twitter was kind of questioning the other night. What was the loss? Was it Memphis or was it Miami? Was it the Miami game or Memphis? Maybe, but I think it was Miami. Uh It was Miami because that game was closer. Like, Lonnie's on fire, but yet he didn't get to finish the game. And a lot of people, you know, I hate when – you know, we question these legends, but it, just because you're a legend doesn't mean that we can't discuss some of the things you did. And 
one of the questions that did come up a lot on on Spurs Twitter is why are we not why Lonnie's on fire? Let's roll with him at the end. Yeah. Do you know has well, Pop been the type that's done that in the past? It's happened a couple times this year, but in the but in the yeah. past you roll with the hot, he's rolled with the hot hand. That's why I think it's a question because he doesn't have any problems sitting to start. I mean, Tony sat out in mm-hmm. 2014 in the finals. Like Patty was playing better than him, and Tony, you know, 03, Speedy Claxton. Pop rolls with the hot hand. I guess that's why it's a question. I think it's also um, they're in a rebuild phase, and he's made mention before that when they're, he's trying to develop players, he puts them in to help them develop their clutch moment. And I know Ronnie necessarily isn't the most clutch player. Maybe he should be playing in the final minutes of the game. But maybe that is one of the reasons why they keep him out. But I know uh, somebody who didn't finish also in that game against the Grizzlies with two minutes left was DeJounte Murray. He got ejected from the game Mm -hmm. um, because he threw a ball um, at uh, one of the referees. And he was fined $20,000 for this. I don't know if you guys know this, Mm -hmm. but um, I'm not the type of person to condone violence by any means necessary. But hindsight is 20-20. And if I'm DeJounte Murray and I'm upset because they're, they're, the refs are messing around with KJ, calling questionable calls, I'm going to throw the ball a little bit harder next time. And I'm going to throw it at his head. And the refs whoa, are going to have to be playing whoa, dodgeball. Whoa, you're condoning violence. You are condoning violence. DeJounte <laughs> was frustrated because Ja had embarrassed him Preach. for 45 minutes. This had nothing to Preach. do with sketchy calls. Ja came with violence Preach, and embarrassed Rob. him. Because think about what happened at the beginning of the game. DeJounte cookied him. Remember DeJounte yeah, got a little nut, got, got it, went and laid it up, and kind of trotted back, and it was on. And he got yeah. embarrassed. He That wasn't about that was frustration, boy. That was, damn, that was I'm ja going fr- home. Jaw frustration, not ref frustration. I, I, when somebody gives you 52, and then the ref does come up with the bad call, the ref may get the brunt of your heat, but that was because that's because Jaw had him on the, on the hibachi. <laughs> cooking eggs and throwing eggs up in front of them and you want more rice do <laughs> you want shrimp that's what that was no i <laughs> it wasn't nothing to do with it. the ref this, he paid twenty thousand dollars to leave Thank that's what you. it was i'll pay had enough. to go because i'm tired of this that's it's, what that was no mas all, all i've said is you pay twenty thousand dollars don't throw the ball between the legs throw it at his head oh get your 20k worth Get your twenty k worth. Oh, I got you. Bachata or something. (laughs) Okay. Well, let's talk about these kings. What do we know about these kings? Know our enemy. Know your enemy. And they are changing enemy. Mylineups.com, which I don't trust one bit. They're telling me De'Aaron Fox, (laughs) Justin Holiday, Harrison Barnes, Trey Lyles. Yeah, we know that guy. And Demontis Sabonis should round out their starting five. I love Sabonis. He is one of my favorite players. Silk. Uh, They are finally, you know, they had to exit some talent, Mm -hmm. but I think they held on to the right guy in De'Aaron Fox. Oh, he's a monster. And you uh, you put De'Aaron Fox with Demontis Sabonis. You have two legitimate all NBA type players that are going to be award worthy that you can build your team around. The rest of the guys, no, they got smoked (laughs) by New Orleans last night. Smoked. Brandon Ingram ate them alive. This is a team that is in it for the lottery. They're in it for the long-term rebuild. Spurs need to get this one and get it easy. 
Yeah, they do. They definitely do. Especially, you know, I'm really disappointed that they didn't beat the Pelicans last night because Pelicans currently have the 10th spot. Kings were, you know, if they were to defeat them, then the Spurs would only be about one or two games away from that 10th spot as well. But it didn't happen. Uh, the Kings really have poor off or the poor defense. They're the second worst ranked defense in the NBA wow. at the moment. And on top of that, their offense was bad in last night's game against the Pelicans. They started off really strong in the first half, and then it all fell down like a deck of cards in the second half. And so that is essentially what happened. It had costly turnovers. If the Spurs want to be able to defeat the Kings tonight, they're going to have to create turnovers, and they're going to have to be able to capitalize on the second half where the the Kings had poor offensive shooting. All right. Well, let's see. What's, uh, let's see who's on the training table What's getting the taped up. Who needs? Who needs what? What's going on? Right? Inside the training room. I hurt myself today. CT, who's in? Who's out? Who's questionable? Who's a doubt? That was a. That was off the top freestyle. <laughs> like that worked that. though, didn't it? Oh, <laughs> yeah. that Dr. Dre wrote that. Writer. Nobody, nobody wants wow. for you. That was your own freestyle. I'm just making it's sure about the delivery. Rudy told us just a second ago. It wasn't about who wrote it. It's about how you deliver it. I'm out, man. That is true. I forgot I just said that too. You, you, the, little, you no. the little Caesars. I, I am a punching but, bag. But we're fine today. Everybody's <laughs> yeah. healthy, right? Everybody's healthy, CT. Ro- Romeo Langford is questionable uh, because of his groin. They kept uh, calling in and out Josh Primo out of the G League. Remember I told you this is like making the band with Diddy when it comes to him and trying to get his reps in on, on the court. Uh, Kings, but he, he's in. He's in now. He's okay. back. Uh, Kings injuries. Terrence Davis is out with his wrist. And Rachon Holmes is questionable because his back seems like everybody's pretty healthy for the most part. But, you know, it's going to be a great game because Spurs are fighting for the 10th seed. So I hope they take the win. And before we get you out of here, CT, I'm I'm – you know I'm hard on you because I want I want to see you do well, and I have a huge problem. That's the guy with the ghostwriter. I'm a, I, I, the guy for, with the ghost. You know what? Wow. The, the, being an open book can sometimes be hurtful, but I've been watching the Kanye documentary, and I don't care what y'all think about me. I'm on my Kanye <laughs> right now. So let me tell you this, CT. I have a huge problem with the fact that you did not blow a gasket and that you did not get kicked off of air. When you let Michael Jimenez get away with saying John Morant is better than Kobe Bryant and Allen Iverson, I, you you challenged him, but you did it with gloves on, and you know better than that. You know better than that, and the, and I know how you can get, and you didn't get how you can get, and you let him get away with that in fr- in front of you. It wasn't even on Streamyard. Y'all was face to face, and you let him say that. You know what? Um, you sound just like my man right now. I'm going to tell you some personal <laughs> stuff. As soon as the John Morant segment ended, he was sending me a bunch of text messages. Did he just say that John Morant is better than Alan Iverson? Why didn't you say anything? They're going to kick him off the air. They're going to kick you off the air because you didn't go hard on him. And I, it, it, you just said exactly what my man said. She was right. being you kind. Said, you looking out for my best interest. That's how I know you got my back. I got your back. But... I could have went harder on Jimenez, but you know, I, I wanted. I like the, you know, I, you know what I like the. You're, you're a guest in this house. Yeah. Let me go I'm ahead. Guest and... in this house, yeah. That's like me walking around in his shoes, and he tells me to take my shoes off in the beginning. Like you I'm have to build that. 
Well, so Carolina, let me let me tell you something. As heart. your program director, it, uh, and when you get a hot take served like that, it is incumbent upon you to park that thing. Send it out of the building. Don't allow the hot okay. take to fester. If somebody brings up lunacy, react like a lunatic and tell them that is crazy talk. So you're saying no taking a strike on an 03 count? No, yeah, don't take that strike, man. Yeah. Swing for the fences. Hey, okay, well, then... That you gave me the green light. Uh, you, yeah. If you if someone serves up lunacy, react like a lunatic and tell them <laughs> that's crazy. But it's, isn't there a saying that goes if you, if you're arguing with a crazy person, they can't tell who the crazy person is? That's a great one, CT Rob. And you're you're a smart guy. That's a good one. Uh, when someone comes with Ja Morant is better than <laughs> Allen Iverson or Kobe Durant, you you or Kobe Bryant, you have every right to come back with fire and malice because it's just a There's certain things you got to know that, when yeah, because if you don't <laughs> you lose credibility as well Muggsy Bogues was better than Michael Jordan when you say things <laughs> like that Carolina T Good she's job, our CT. Spurs insider we hit her every home game every game we get around here Carolina thanks for stopping by I'll be at the AT&T Center tonight guys that's right I'll see y'all later Roman the sidelines She's she's on the floor. She's boosted up. She's ready. Hey, there's a new movie starts tomorrow. They call it The Batman. It is reincarnated again. I have a question for you. I don't know. I don't like the. I know it's but that it bothers me. It's, it's not like, the Superman. Well, it, it used to be the Facebook. It's not the Bane. But it is the Batman, and that is the movie we got on Thursday. A new re, a new iteration. Rob? We are going to rank the Batman villains. What are you doing? Where? Does Mr. Freeze land? How's my Batman pledge? Go to break. <laughs> Go to break. This. Is that whack? This. Do Texas cheer in that voice? This is San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. That's a pretty good one. But I that think was awful. My, my Texas cheer one may be a little bit better. <laughs> it is good. <laughs> Hey, this is Michael Jimenez. Have lunch with me on Halftime today at noon. San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 1250 and 103.3 FM. Yeah, grab a sack lunch and sit out oh. in the park with Mike Jimenez at Halftime. He has tickets for you today. Brooks and Dunn, Greta Van Fleet. Two of each, I Coheed and Cambria. If you like live music, you are going to love us. We're big about that. We give away tickets. So make sure you're tuning in for Mike's interesting talk and all the free stuff that he has. Pride, prize pigs, you're welcome. So The Batman starts tomorrow. Uh, this is the Robert Pattinson version of Batman. New director, new producer. Um, who's your favorite Batman, by the way? Of all of them that have played them, which are, which one have you enjoyed the most? The um, The one who got his back broke by Bane. Bale. Christian Bale. Christian Bale. Yeah, I like Christian. I just think Bale. I just uh, well, who I'm we a had? Bale fan. Like I just a fan of all of his work. I think he has so much range. I'm probably biased. Who now? Who have been the Batmans? Because there's been Michael Keaton. Keaton was a strange one, but I thought he was pretty good. He was all right. George, I mean, it was George Clooney. George Clooney is my favorite. Val Kilmer. Oh, that's right. I forgot about Val Kilmer. <laughs> the hmm. worst Batman is your favorite. I like Clooney. All right. Christian Bale. Christian Bale. Uh, Benifer. Ben, ben Boy. What's mm -hmm. his name? Ben Affleck. Affleck did it. Oh, so that's five. That's, is, and now we got Pattinson. Is that six different 
Pattinson's the sixth live iteration. Pattinson. You have Adam West if you want to the include OG him. series, yeah. And you also have the voice actor Kevin Conroy, who's voiced like Batman the Animated Series and stuff like that. That means this, nothing to me. This new guy, he's not the Twilight dude. That dude, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm boycotting. No. He's also Harry Potter. I'm, I'm boycotting it. I'm not Rudy, watching it. Rudy, don't do this. I'm don't. not watching them. I'm not watching the Twilight dude be Batman. Hold on. Can, can I, no. can he's I actually a pretty you? decent actor. He's I, a fantastic actor. Don't hold that actor. against her. Remember, Clooney did ER, did TV. He was a sexy werewolf. No, no he, he was, was a vampire. vampire. Come well, on now, Rudy. Man. Which Rudy, team were you on? Hold on. The movie The Lighthouse won an Academy Award for his performance. God, did you watch that? With him and Defoe? In oh, black God. and white, dreary The Lighthouse. Like yeah. the right, me- talk the to me. Talk me off the ledge. The Metropolitan. Like, he's been in a bunch of really, yeah. really... Oh, okay. He was in Tenet. He was really good in Tenet. Like, he oh, is yeah, a yeah. phenomenal actor. Okay. okay. And plus, okay. on top of okay. that, he also just bleeps all over Twilight. He hates that he even was doing that. Okay. All right. Wow, man. I didn't know he did that. I, my mind can be changed. It's plus, just, the only thing I know him from is Twilight, and he was in love with a werewolf, and it was weird. I'm and my hearing, da- my 26 year old, she's 26 now, she was in love with it. She's like, it's a new Twilight. It's I'm, a new Twilight. I was like, like early it's like grades? Frozen. Early grades, this is like 9.8 out of 10. <laughs> 9.8 out of 10. People love this. Plus, okay. Zoe okay. Kravitz is in it. Ooh. Okay, now you yeah. got my attention. Yeah. See, you know, I'm so old, I th- I'm still liking her mother. Hey, nothing wrong with that. I'm I'm with wrong. I can't look at the daughter. I'm down with the mom. I like her dad. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, given the right circumstances, I, I mean, I'm just that saying. That came out re- re- all right, Mr. Freeze has been played several times in the Ooh. Batman sagas. Arnold Schwarzenegger in Batman and Robin reprised the role. That has also been played by Michael and Sarah mm-hmm. in the Batman and Mr. Freeze, the Sub-Zero version that came out sometime later. Got to talk about it. You Mr. Freeze fan? I don't know him. Me either. I don't know who Holiday is. The Holiday Killer, a.k.a. Holiday, mm-hmm. a serial killer who gruesomely murders a member of one of Gotham's warring crime families on a, every major holiday. Yep. That was a the long Halloween. I don't One re- of the best graphic novels that was ever written oh, in okay. Batman ethos. All right. Wow. The Joker has been played m- many times. Coming in at number 22, the Joker that was played by Cesar Romero back in the 50s and 60s on that camp. Batman and Robin TV series. Here's another criminal. Hush. We're going to talk about that and many more. Batman is awesome. You get another version of the Batman starting tomorrow. Hang around with us. We've got so much to do. You're on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. Uh. Rob Thompson. Rudy J. R&R in the morning. Good morning. Could Kanye ever do anything that would make us maybe change our intro? I don't think he could. I don't think so. He could. Cancel culture's wide-ranging. I mean, he's burying dolls of Pete Davidson right now. There's some kind of voodoo thing going on. I don't know what that is in in his video. Hey, this is R&R. We're glad you're with us. Good morning. Good morning. Rudy J. I'm Rob. James driving the boat this hour. We'll talk sports, I promise, though. (laughs) In the break, Rudy and I were going, it's... It's Thursday at, <laughs> at 9.07. And 
You know, we talk about, say, with Coach Popovich and, you know, Lonnie Walker doesn't close games out, even if he's hot. Right. Even that if he's playing well, because there is a certain comfort in knowing your role and the amount of minutes you're going to play right. and when you're going to play. Talk radio hosts live in that same comfort zone. We've got about, and I'm going to add on to it, I think Rudy and I have about 17 hours a week of talk radio in us. That's, I mean, that's about it. Yeah. 17 a week. Start getting toward Thursdays. You've done other shows. The tank starts getting low. My light's on. I got about, it doesn't say miles. It says hours. Yeah, man. I have a microphone light that just pops on like <laughs> low. Because Pledge says something super basic during the and break. And Rob was like, went, what? 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 I don't, that doesn't it, register. And Pledge being the electric car that he is. Oh, no, 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 no. Electric cars don't have range. I can get through whatever. I wish I had an electric car now. With the 359 gas. Don't we all wish we were plugging in today? No. Oh, man. Don't be that guy. Don't be the old. Now you're being your old man in the rocking Get off chair. My line. Yeah. If I was driving a, an electric vehicle today, I would be bragging about it today, asking all my friends when they filled up. Shout out to all our oil field guys. But I don't want a three-hour trip to turn into 23 because I got to stop and charge for 17 it's hours. It's not like that. Now you re- now it, you're Rudy J. How long does it take to charge a car? I just got to. I don't care. I don't know. It's how long does it take minutes. to fill up at five dollars a gallon? Still five not minutes. Not long. <laughs> yeah, we were anyway, talking Batman. Let's go back to Batman. We were talking Batman. Uh, what what did you call them, James? There's the a, Rogues Gallery. The Rogues Gallery. What is that? Your villains. Take a drink. Oh, your okay, list, okay, okay, your okay. list of we, villains we, is your I rogues gallery. I got a drink gallery. on that one as well. The rogues yeah, take gallery. Take a shot on that. But, I, I mean, there. It's. I don't think it's even arguable. Batman, throughout all of comics, basically, has the best rogues gallery in all of it. Now, here's one I don't recall. Okay. Max Shrek, played by Christopher Walken in Batman Returns. Mm-hmm. What, who, what was, he? What was, was his outfit? Shrek? Christopher Walken's character was the guy that pushed Selena Kyle, uh, the Michelle Pfeiffer version, out the window. He hired the penguin mm. to Danny DeVito's penguin to. He was kind of the puppeteer behind the scenes. Wow, you're. I'm reading the the description and basically you what I said. It. Exactly, that was pretty good. Now the Joker, of course, has appeared in a variety, and I think yeah. when you think the Batman and Robin or Batman, the Joker is first, but the Riddler. Uh, the Frank, is, who's the, your favorite Frank Joker? Gorshin, the guy that played the Riddler in the TV series, to Adam, me is Adam still West's. yeah, an Adam West version is still the best Riddler. Though Jack Nicholson was a pretty good Riddler as nope, well. Nope, he was Joker. Joker. Um, Joker. I'm sorry. Um, that's what I meant. As far as the Joker, I think Jack Nicholson played the best of all of them. Joaquin Phoenix creeps me out beyond belief. <laughs> I can't even look at that version of the- Heath Ledger was strong. And Heath, Heath Ledger, Ledger drove himself strong. bananas doing that. I'll be able to put one more on there. Who? Mark Hamill. I don't even know when Luke that Skywalker? was. Luke Skywalker? Yeah, Luke Skywalker, because he is a voice actor, so he played the Joker on- no, no, see, Hold on, hold on. But he played it in the Arkham games as well. Oh, in the videos? Okay. Mm-hmm. And he, I mean, he's just fantastic. Okay. I look, I'm- I'm strictly leaning on you. Like I got two crutches on you for this Batman stuff. Again, my <laughs> my my best memories of Batman are um 
the penguin one with Which Danny one? DeVito. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was more the cartoon version of the Batman. Though. Bane is my favorite. And uh, the other one with uh, Ledger. What about Talia Al Ghul? Who's that, Rob? Marine, Marianne Cotard, mm-hmm. when she played in The Dark Knight. She ended up being, oh, I don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't yeah, seen yeah, it, yeah. but uh, Talia Al Ghul comes in at number 15. Harley Quinn, not not the latest version, but the one played by Arlene Sorkin, the Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. Uh, Harley Quinn comes in at number 14, according to the Ringer's Top 24. Who else you got? Best. Margot Robbie's version of uh, Harley. We're all about great. that one. Two-Face that Tommy Lee Jones Ooh. played in Batman Forever. Not the other one, but Tommy Lee Jones versus Aaron Eckert. Of Aaron Eckert's, which I I don't know about that one. Riddler, uh, played by Jim Carrey in the what? Batman Forever. Cheesy. There, there is talk right now that Paul Dano, who's playing the Riddler in this version, is playing like a Zodiac Killer type of vibe. And that he is stealing this version, Riddler's crown. Okay, okay, okay. Harley Quinn's um, version of the, uh, I mean, Margot Robbie's version of Harley Quinn comes in at 11. Oh, Phantasm, yeah. played by Danny Delaney, Dana Delaney and Mask of the Phantasm. Is that a real movie? Yeah, is this a cartoon? It, was the, it was the animated series oh, okay, movie. Those, those don't count. Raul's <laughs> Al Ghul. Raj Al Ghul, I guess. Oh, I Ra- like Ra- Ghul. Raj Al Ghul, the Liam Neeson version. He's the one who, cha- who trained Bane. And Batman. Yes. And, Batman. and Batman. Give me some. There you go. I know something. I'm happy. I Scare- contribute it. Scarecrow, played by Cillian Murphy don't in the Batman Begins version. I don't remember Scarecrow. Me the either. Joker from Doc Nicholson comes in at seven. Two-Face, the Aaron Eckhart version, comes in at six. Number five is Bane, which should have been number one for my nope. money. Number four, Danny DeVito's version of the Penguin. The Joker, played by Mark Hamill, comes in at number three. Really? At yes. number two, the Catwoman, Michelle Pfeiffer's Ooh. version, and I'm all about that one. That was well played. I think Zoe Kravitz is going to steal it, though. And the number one all-time uh, foil uh, rogues gallery member is Heath. the Joker, played by Heath Ledger. Where is uh, the Catwoman, played by... The lady from War- Devil Wears Prada. Yes. And Hathaway. She and filled Hath- out she the Catwoman awesome. costume quite well. <laughs> Boy. She did. A whole lot of legs. There's a lot going and on. I, well, I love Devil Loves Prada, by the way, but I thought she did excellent She, did. she was good, but she was not Michelle Pfeiffer. She was great. I think we're biased to Michelle because the way she came down the elevator. Yes, sir. There are certain things that will live in movie fandom forever, and that was one of them. Well, this (laughs) is the thing, Pledge. I mean, my man, Siberian Stinks, he's hype. You're hype. My buddy Jeff is hype. When I found out the Twilight dude was on it, I I checked out. Don't. But I'm going to trust y'all. There's another thing to be be, like totally... Remember, this is early Batman. This is year one into what he's been doing. So this is going to be a very grounded, very early in his career Batman. I don't know what that means at all. What so he's mean? not going to have all the cool toys. He's going to have some, but for the most part, you got to remember it as he's just starting his career as Batman. And Batman is who Bruce Wayne really is. That's his mm. persona. So Bruce Wayne, the billionaire playboy philanthropist, is kind of somebody that he creates. It's a persona. It's a front. You're going is too it, far, man. Would it be Would it be crazy if I told you I'd rather be Bruce Wayne? No. Than Batman? No. And I, we had a question on the stream. So you'd rather pretty, be a billionaire playboy than a guy who's fighting crime? Yeah, Me too. Fight. I'm with you. I'm I want to fight crime. Me either. Um, 
is Batman a superhero? Because when I think about Iron Man, he can fly, he can get shot. You know, Thor can fly around the place with a big old hammer. Is he a superhero? Depends your definition of superhero. Or is he a really, 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 really good police officer? To be the most, to, to be the most accurate, superheroes have superpowers. Neither Iron Man nor wealth. neither Iron Man nor Batman technically have superpowers. Iron Man can fly, but he had but to it's build because it himself. Of its suit. Oh, like he doesn't fly individually, dude. This is yeah. See, we're now we're getting into this whole but East you, Coast West Coast Marvel. Why? Because you got your notice. Tell me why. Notice the symmetry here. Okay. You got on one side of the Marvel universe, mm -hmm. you got a super billionaire who uses his wealth for good and builds the Iron Man. On the other side, yep. what's, what's DC? You got Batman, the uber millionaire that uses his money for good. He's not truly given superpowers. He buys them. Mm -hmm. So they kind of go back and forth. And then notice the different characters. They kind of mirror each other. Mm-hmm. Now and they're both owned by the same this, company though. now, right? Are they still under, are they under still the same under umbrella? Different umbrellas. Oh, they're still different. But I will say this. Okay. Probably not a superhero. I would classify Batman as a detective. Sure, why not? When are you going to see this, Rob? When it comes to TNT? No, I'm, man, I've been talking about this for six months. I still haven't been to a movie theater. This might be the one that draws me back. This won't be it, Rob. I've seen, I, yeah, well, I, there has not been one to draw, though this seems to be as close as it is. You didn't go see Spider-Man. I went. I even went to see Spider-Man. Now, if I didn't see Spider-Man, you'd think, why would I go see this? Right. I will say this. I get the feeling that Batman's going to be one of those movies that's shot in the dark, that no matter how good the contrast is on your TV, you still miss half the scenes when you watch it at home. I hate those dark movies. <laughs> You know, and I've got a good TV, and even with a good TV, you're like, what just happened? It's all dark. I can't see anything. I'm glad <laughs> y'all joined me on the Get Off My Lawn crew this week. It wasn't just me. So uh, that's, come on over here, that Rob. That might be enough to make me go to the movie theater so I can see it. Pull up a chair. Well, now, will you, will you go ahead and drop the 16 to get the IMAX and a recliner? Oh, I'm, I'm down with that. I, I am a Fandango user. I'm, I want to know where I'm sitting mm -hmm. long oh, before I even get in the car. Mm -hmm. But I'm talking about you want to do IMAX with the recliner? See, I'm always down for yep. that. My wife normally gets mad at me when I do that. With way my sleep is set up, I need the most uncomfortable chair possible. I do sleep in every. I will sleep in most movies, but I understand that. I, it doesn't. I don't feel bad about dozing off. And normally, the louder the movie, the better I sleep. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> in fact, I slept through Batman versus Superman. I missed most of that one. You, you I what? mean, that, 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 that nice three-hour nap. No, that put you to sleep. That yeah, was terrible. That's different. Well, I, I've slept through a lot of good ones over the years. I've, I've I slept, slept through, through some of the very the, best Oscar the, uh, movies. I slept through Martin Lawrence's Run Tell That in theaters. That was Run Tell That wasn't his best. What was the shark movie with uh, Statham? I fell asleep. Me, the Megalodon. Because I was out at, uh, what was that little resort we were talking about, Rob, that you said oh, uber rich people? At, at, up in Marble Horseshoe. Falls? A Horseshoe Bay? Yeah. We're at Horseshoe Bay. I had a long day, and we went to the movies to, to see that, and I, I crashed the entire two hours. That's the only body of water I'd go see a shark movie. It would be a lake. <laughs> I'm not going to see the Megalodon when I'm down at South Padre. I'm not going to go check out Jaws <laughs> in the movie theater right next to the For beach. Really? That would be I a bad idea. I don't want to watch it in a body of water, period. 
As we sit right now, there are 324, give or take a body or two, prospects running around in tight shorts and tight shirts in Indianapolis. We're going to talk about who's there today. The SEC leads all those participants. We'll tell you how many they've got there. Our national champions, we'll tell you how many they have sent as well. The Combine is in play. We'll talk about the mechanics of the Combine and what we can expect over the next couple of days. That's what we're doing next. So why would you go anywhere? Stay where you are. Because you're on the very finest. This is R and R in the morning, and you are on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM twelve fifty and one oh three three FM. Before we go, let's do some headlines. Let's Time do for the four one one and the two one oh. That's the one. Here's the four one one in the two one oh. Headline two. We'll start things off. Since we're going to the Combine with the Combine. I like it. It's um it's not looking good for Colts quarterback Carson Wentz. Why? He <laughs> lost to Jacksonville at the end of the season. Chris uh Chris Ballard, the the <laughs> head coach, was asked about Carson Wentz and, and he wasn't overly supportive. I don't know if it will. I mean, I think, I mean, I mean, ultimately, you got to have a guy that you believe in and you can win with. Um, and Strike one. That will play some into wow. it, but ultimately, we'll make the decision that we think is best, both in the short and the long term. And Frank Wright, the head coach yesterday at the Combine, who helped to bring him from Philadelphia, where they worked together, also not the ringingest of endorsements. Well, I haven't sat down with Mr. Ursay in a while. I, you know, I know I believe in Carson. Um, you know, I believe that, you know, I, I believe in him. I, I stuck my neck out for him. Uh-huh. You know, I stuck my neck out for him. So, um, you know, last year I was a big part of big part of that decision to get him here. And so, um, you know, I, I believe he's going to continue. I believe he's going to continue to have a lot of success at quarterback. That might be here. It might not be here. What? That decision has yet to be determined. <laughs> So, um, but I still believe in the person. And I still believe in the player, right? So, get Carson Wentz a brown paper bag. Get him a paper bag. He's got to be hyperventilating. First of all, I know Dak listens to this show often. Dak, let me be the first, my man. Um, let me apologize to you because I remember arguing with all of my might that Carson Wentz was better than you. Same. And I, I've never been more wrong. So, Dak, please accept my apologies. What happened? The knee injury. There's more than that. He's mentally broken. There's, yeah. The injury would be one thing if it hampered him physically, but I don't think he's hampered physically. No, no, I'm not saying that he's... I'm just saying it just all fell off the rope. It all fell off the rails after that. Because I can see why Wright did what he did. I'd have laid out, too. Yeah, because you're like, oh, it's just he's just been in Philly. It's a bad situation. Do you think it's the... That game against Jacksonville, Rob, was so bad. He was so bad. Like, how are you panicking right. against the Jaguar? Like, full-on panic. And you had Jonathan Taylor. You had the leading rusher in the league <laughs> on you, your team, and you did that. You get the team with the worst record in the NFL that is picking number one overall Trying to, to close lose. out the season to win your way into the playoffs. And, and they wanted to lose. Yeah, they wanted to lose. The, on general principle, you cannot bring Wentz back. You, on, just on general principle. He said that may be here. 
<laughs> and maybe somewhere else. It, it, it is astounding how quickly he fell. The storyline is, Dak, I apologize, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Dak. That's both of us. That's from both of us. Moving on. Good <laughs> Lord. What was I thinking? Headline one. The New York Giants have released tight end Kyle Rudolph and running back Devontae Booker as they try and get under the salary cap. Rudolph, a two-time Pro Bowler, had his least productive season in his first year with the Giants. The move saves $5 million against the cap, while Booker saves the team an additional $2 million against the salary cap. That's two down. Saquon's next. The only problem with Saquon Barkley, the situation they're running in New York, is nobody wants to give up, give up anything for a guy that's going to be a free agent at the end of next year. I mean, what am I going to trade? What What are you going to get for Saquon Barkley, who's obviously going to ask for $20 million. He's got one year left on his deal. I'm not giving up crap for a one-year rental on a Saquon Barkley, unless I have complete assurance that dude that what i offer you you're gonna take saquon's gonna stay with the giant let me tell y'all what the problem is with that thinking rob you know what's gonna happen and i'm with you first of all let me tell you i agree with you the rams are gonna get him because they don't care <laughs> they don't the rams the rams are gonna get him because like we don't care about draft picks here take another one we'll take him a year for seven million and we'll go back to the super bowl we need that in the league we need teams like that did you, was that a hot take? I didn't even think about that. Is that but a it hot makes take? A lot no, of that's sense. not a hot take. I think that's one of those brilliant takes that mm-hmm. winning teams like New England do. That you think that's crazy. Wait a minute, that worked. Uh, yeah, that would be perfectly in the realm because they don't care. We'll pay you seven and a half. You can walk away next year as long as I'm walking they, away with you with a ring. Wasn't their GM like at the uh, the parade bragging about like, oh y'all all talked about it was at the draft, but we did it differently. Yeah, they were all drunk. Blank draft picks. <laughs> They don't have any? No, no, oh, but that oh. was that was the, oh, the yeah. moniker that they were right. saying. And Rude. LeBron James was retweeting them. Yeah. You're right. Blank draft picks. You roll those dice. You could end up Lakers, could end up Rams, one or the other. You roll those dice, so, one or the other. Moving on. Moving on. Headline zero. And finally, New Orleans Pelicans say Zion Williamson's fractured foot is showing signs of improvement and bone healing. The team added that while Williamson will gradually progress to full weight-bearing exercise and basketball activities, he still remains out indefinitely. Williamson has not played this season because of a fractured fifth metatarsal in his foot. Rob, this you had a a take on this this morning. (laughs) Suddenly, New Orleans is good, and Zion's like, yeah, you know what? I feel a little bit better. <laughs> yeah. I might run with y'all for a week or two. Well, let's give New Orleans their credit. They okay. started out 3-13. and 3-13. and 13 And have wrestled themselves back into playoff contention, into, into the play-in contention. They're now 26-36. and 36. They started out 3-13. and 13. With a brand new head coach. With a new head coach, and you know, you look at that out. team and you're wondering, how do you get better by trading Drew Holiday away? They got better, and then they went and got CJ McCollum. Uh, I think the Pelicans have started to figure some That's things David out. That's David Griffin over there, ain't Yeah. He? He's a finally. really good GM. The Cleveland, uh, it he's took a, really a couple of GM. years, but they finally started to find he- their depth. He's a get things done type of guy. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I need Kevin Love. I'm going to get him. You know, I got to go get LeBron back. I'll go and get him. And as much as we have bagged on Fat Zion, 
Thames. Is that what we call him? Well, he's Fat Zion in every stretch. And that's Fat Zion is Fat Zion when Zion's skinny. He's still Fat Zion. He is a rhinoceros with the football, uh, with the basketball. (laughs) There is no guarding him when he's got the dribble. You can't. We talk about him beating the paint. There's, Mm. There's no guarding Zion if he has his butt in your stomach. If he's got his back on you, you cannot guard him. Rhinos are vegan. Well, you know, so Zion ain't no vegan. Well, so, well, beignets, the last I checked, might be vegan. I'm sure he's having a few of those. Moving on. Dude, those things are good. Those one, one, things are two dangerous, one. dude. A little bit of fried dough and chicory coffee. With powdered sugar on top. What was that? Mother Deer's with, with the powdered sugar was poison. Oh, that's right. Thank you out. Oh, it made you go to sleep. We all know oh, what it was. I want some beignets now. The Jaguars are going to set a record this year. They could use the number one overall pick for the second straight year to pick a quarterback, a running back, a wide receiver. We're not sure, but this will be the first time since 1986 that a team will be drafting number one in two consecutive years, but doing so with a different head coach. We'll talk about the combine, those that are there, the expectations, and why this thing is even happening coming up. Mm. Hang around. we got a lot to get into. This is San Antonio Sports Star. You're on ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. A double shot of energy in the AM. Rob Thompson, Rudy J. r and in the morning on San Antonio Sports Star. ESPN 1250 and 103.3 FM. I walked in uh, one meeting. I had to shoot like basketballs on a, on a mini hoop. That was probably the craziest thing I've had to do so far. It actually is the Eagles. It is the Eagles. They had, they had to shoot on the mini hoop. Um, and I only made like two out of five, uh, so probably not high up on their board right now. You got to be a multi-sport athlete. Be quarterback out of North Carolina. What's his name? Sam Howell. I like Sam Howell. I'm not sure if he'll ever be a ongoing NFL starter. He was a good college player. He's speaking to Pat McAfee yesterday uh, regarding the hijinks that goes on behind the scenes at the Combine that the NFL is hosting. It's that interview process I want to talk about. Okay. Yes, let's do it. Let's do it. Because we heard uh, from Howell that he had to shoot baskets, and we've heard over the years that the NFL has had a variety of ways to kind of dig deep into the psyche of their potential draft picks. It's easy to laugh at, but when you consider the fact that, say, this number one draft pick will end up probably costing the team that drafts them upwards of $10 million. So if you are a company about to have a $10 million outlay, you would do your due diligence. No stone unturned, right? You would do everything that you could. I just find that the interviews that the NFL guys try to pass off on, we don't know everything, to be kind of silly. Is it? Uh, See, I don't know that. And my question, as I sat down with Rudy today, is if you were a general manager and you were truly trying to dive into the psyche of this guy that you wanted to draft, and obviously... You wouldn't, and we're talking about a guy that you want to draft, not one of those smoke signal interviews that you're trying to throw everybody off that's behind you about who you're definitely, you know, you're just trying to uh, divert the scent as to what you're after. I'm talking about a guy that you're legitimately looking to to draft. How would you handle the interview, thinking that you're going to get something different that you couldn't get someplace else when you get them for, I don't know how long, what do you figure, the 30 minutes? Probably aren't allowed to hold them much longer than that if they're having to 15 go. Fifteen minutes. Fifteen minutes. So in that fifteen minutes that you get an opportunity to talk with a, your first round draft pick, 
would you handle it like shoot baskets or some kind of weird thing? Or would you just sit down face-to-face, you, the coach, the GM, the owner, and the other guy, and just have a conversation? How would you handle it, Rudy? With only 15 minutes, I got to keep it pretty much on point, like real questions, like what makes you better than this guy? What makes you better than that? How do you handle this situation on fourth down? And this, like, I keep it like that. But at the same time, I understand some of these. Like, while I don't think asking a man if his mother was a prostitute is okay, but I do Ooh. understand trying to ruffle their feathers, especially when talking about a quarterback. Um, try to get under your skin a little bit. Try to ruffle your feathers a little bit just to see how you handle it. So you would. I'm gonna touch you up. I'm gonna touch you up a little bit. Yeah, it's just like you know when if you meet my like if you start dating my sister, I'm going to touch you up a bit just to see where you're at. You know what I'm saying? So I I I I fully get that. I think sometimes they go too far, but I want to see how long it takes for you to lose your cool. Do you care at all about the Wonderlick test? The test that proves overall knowledge and learning ability or whatever that thing is. Do you funny you brought this up, Rob? The day you got pulled out of the sh- the, sh- the show, mm-hmm. Pledge and I went through about four Wonderlick te- questions. I got them all wrong. No, I got one out of four. And once he'd read me a few of the questions, no, I have no time for it now that I know it's on there. Because it's inevitable in a week or two, we're going to find out who got a zero. Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't care about Now that Pledge read me some of the questions, it's mostly math problems. And I'm guessing that has to do with like the, some of the play calling is so... Mm-hmm. intricate and so long i'm guessing like how do you process it's more of a how do you process things but i have no time for it i don't think it make or break you i'm sure there's guys with great wonder lick scores that can't play a lick and guys that get zeros that have yellow jackets it's going to be an interesting draft as we go through normally it's the quarterbacks that are the highlights of the uh the combine this year doesn't look like there'll be a quarterback taken in the top 10 no. The last time there was a draft without a quarterback going in the top 10 was 2013. The leader of the pack that year was E.J. Manuel, who went off at 16th for the Bills. Each of the last four drafts, I've seen a quarterback go number years. one. Yeah, I think Manuel's still running around, but it just goes to show. If you're not drafting a quarterback in the top five, wait a couple of rounds. He at Costco. Is he at Costco? He's not even in the league anymore. <laughs> Driving a beer truck. I don't know where he at. You look at those that have gone in the first round over the last couple of years. Jordan Love went number uh, 26 in 2020. Justin Herbert in 2020 went number 6. Daniel Jones went number 6 in uh, 19. Dwayne Haskins, 13th in 19. Baker Mayfield won overall in 18. No quarterbacks this year makes it interesting. And, you know, we've laughed all week long about the measurables. That's what this weekend's about, right? Does hand size matter for quarterbacks? Yes. Kenny Kenny Pickett's hand size is suggested to be as as small as any of the first-round draft picks ever, ever, just over eight inches long from, I believe they go from thumb to pinky, right? Yeah. I don't even want to know what mine is. Joe Burrow has nine-inch hands. Jared Goff has nine-inch hands. Ryan Taneyhill has nine. Remember Joe Burrow fired off a tweet during uh, the week they were going to the Super Bowl. He's like, can't believe I made it to the Super Bowl with these tiny hands. I do think there's some guys that are talented enough to overcome it, Rob, but it matters. It does matter, especially when we're talking. If you were buying, let's just say you were a farmer and you were going to buy a $300,000 tractor, 
some of the things that you would normally overlook if you were buying a thousand dollar tractor, you're paying pretty closer to close attention to because I'm buying everything when I'm buying the best. And if I'm drafting you number one, hand size matters to me. Yeah. If I'm drafting you in the fourth round, not so much. I don't expect you to have everything, but if I'm going after everything, I'm the measurables matter. So I see that. I don't think it really matters. That's one of those things that all I got to do is look at your game film. I want to see in the rain. I, is the ball slipping out of your hand in the rain? Yeah. If you got 12-inch hands and it's slipping out of your hand, that doesn't do any good. It's going to depend on where you're playing. You're playing in a good weather environment. There I can is go, where I can go with you. I mean, Cincinnati in great weather, Joe Burrow's just super talented. You know, he can like he can overcome his deficiencies. Not everybody, not everybody is created equal when it comes to small hands, as we just found. Jared Goff, small hands, not the best QB in the world. I don't expect any records to be broken. Are they looking? Do we have a forty-yard champ that might break a record this year? There we do. A couple. Are there? There are a couple that could. Well, some uh, track stars. Some, yeah. One of them from Baylor, receiver from Baylor. It's always from. He Baylor. ain't no Henry and Ruggs. Be careful, oh, Tyreek Woolen, UTSA corner. Yeah. Uh, he could also threaten to go sub four three. Speaking of the offensive linemen, sincere McCormick and Woolen, who you said good luck to them at the combine. You know, they, I, they see those are the guys like it matters to some people. Oh, it matters. I, I would like to get invited just for the swag. Mm-hmm. What you want some under armor tights to walk the around the house bag, in? The, the cleats. I mean, the, the, those are one offs, man. You you end up with that yeah. kind of stuff. It's you, you handle it right. You could. I've actually been buying like my one of my black sleeveless hoodies is from two years ago when they were at the scouting combine. Nice. It's the swag that matters. They're so good. That's what gets you going. And that gets in Under Armour in the door. Hey, we're going to put a bow on the show. Look forward to a full day of sports activities. Halftime's just a couple of hours away with Michael and Menace. And don't forget, every four o'clock on a weekday, you get to Joe and Jason the Blitz. We're putting a bow on this one. We'll be right back. You're on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 1033 FM. This is Jason Minnick. You're listening to San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 1250 and 1033 FM. I was already looking. It's funny, I got you. funny what you find when you just change the channel. For real, Rob. It's R&R in the morning. He's Rudy. I'm Rob. So it looks like Major League Baseball might sit down today. Resume talks. Good for them. Do what's right. Get it done. Don Halem and the MLB Players Association attorney Bruce Meyer plan to have informal one-on-one meetings today to resume talks amid the work stoppage. Sources are telling ESPN today. The things uh, fell apart down in Florida a couple of days ago. Everybody flew back to their respective corners and reconsidered. I guess they're going to sit down again. The major issues are still in play. Seems like the uh, owners have moved a little bit, but by most recent ap- uh, accounts, Rudy has said, and I has been right, that the owners fold, that the, the players in baseball have more power than any other union in, in sports. And eventually the owners are just ready to fold because they're going to make their money anyway. They collapse. It doesn't look like they're going to do that right now. No. Looks like they are firmly planted in this competitive balance argument. There's a there's a dad, there's a father son out there that, you know, we we forget just because like no, baseball isn't my thing. I will say that. But we forget like even with soccer, like you know, there's people out there that are like no one cares about soccer not realizing that it 
It's not a sport. As Katie Goodman will say, it's not a sport. It is the sport. Um, and just because, <laughs> just because we're not into it, we just, we kind of blow it off. And just because I'm not into baseball, I, I still have to be sure that I'm fully aware that there's a father and son tandem that's been going to opening day for 10 years straight that was ruined this year. They still have millions of fans. Where the, how, where the, you know, baseball maybe doesn't come across on radio the best always, but they still have millions of fans that go through the turnstiles. And there's a father and son or an uncle and uncle and nephew or grandfather and grandson that have been going to opening day for 10, 15 years. And that's been ruined. I think we need to be sensitive to those people. A player, or, or father, daughter, excuse me. Got a, it's twin, of course. Right. And, and also sensitive to all those people that make their living at the baseball parks. You I mean, know what? I, forget, I didn't, you know what? The tarp guys, all those all people, those. you know what? You're right. Rob. The economic ramifications of this goes so much deeper than these millionaires arguing for more money. Right. I mean, it, they're, they're, it does genuinely, genuinely affect. And by the way, I saw a tweet come out from the missions. Uh, guess what? That this lockout has nothing to do with them. They're playing baseball. The double A. Yeah, they're they're coming to work. Oh, this is okay. a major league baseball strike. This is has nothing to do with the minors. They're playing baseball's coming now. Where the players are coming from, I'm not exactly entirely sure, but they're planning on playing baseball. They're not That's locked weird. out. But how so? Because they're know. talking about the money for people. Are they scabbing? Rookies? No. That's weird. I don't know how that works. A lot of I mean, them are they, drafted by ma- minor, uh, major league teams, so their rights are owned. I, I don't understand. I don't know the whys and wherefores. Why we're, that's probably why we're still sitting here. And while we heard from Rob Manfred, mm-hmm. I mean, we didn't hear a lot from the players, but we did, did hear from the commissioner of baseball. Word coming from a Blue Jays pitcher saying in the last-minute offer, the owners tried to sneak things into the fine print, and that aggravated him. Mm. What's his name? Stripling. Russ Stripling. They had some stuff at the bottom you could barely see. Yeah, one of the it, like we always talk about those terms and conditions for all those downloaded apps. Well, guess what? The Players Association read the terms and conditions and, uh, and balked. If we ever read that, I think we'd be appalled. He didn't say exactly what they were trying to sneak through, but he did say that they were. I can see that. Well, of course they did. Well, who wouldn't? It's big business. I just can't imagine a situation where this ends quickly. Because when the deadline didn't create the deal, it's once you decide to give something up, then you've taken a step that you can't come back from. It's kind of like when you, you've already canceled games. It's easier. It's harder to cancel the first game than it is the second. You've already done it. So we're gonna we're, we got more cancellations you said that to me coming. the other day, and I thought about it overnight when you're like, "Hey, you know what? This makes it easier just to say, all right, we'll cancel the first fifteen now, because now our heels are really dug in." So, I think you're on to something there, Rob. And the longer this drags out, that benefits the owners, doesn't it? Yes. You know, we talked a well, little. Oh no, good question. I don't know if it benefits anybody. I think the the I pain mean, missing checks. Well, you hear what well, we we've talked about this, and I've heard on a couple of occasions that the, the players. Uh, Association, the union, has planned on this for for 
a, a while now. Years. And while COVID has interrupted paychecks, licensing money has been consistent. So the union has been banking licensing money and a lot of things that the union negotiates for just this occasion. The players themselves are more prepared for this strike than they have been in the past. Are they completely prepared? No, of course not. Lots of these guys are millionaires. They make a lot of money. They spend a lot of money. They live paycheck to paycheck. They need it. But for the most part, the Players Association is at least acting like, look, we are ready for a long haul. We have put money in the bank to kind of protect those that are going to run out quicker. Uh, we're here for, to make this a long-term decision and not a short-term outcome because we're out of money, like the NFL tends to. So they're, they're, they're talking a good game, though. Let's see what happens when we get into April, and those paychecks are definitely not coming in. College basketball continues to swing. Remember, we're your home for all of the NCAA tournament. We are going to have all your games. Make sure you're paying attention. Last night, the women got busy. And Aggies, I hope you tuned in at 6 o'clock. Got them an upset last night. Beat Alabama. Took down Alabama. While A&M hasn't stayed pace with uh, Coach Beard at Texas, who has rounded them into a top 25 team, don't discount what Buzz is doing there at A&M. Mm. We're three years in. Oh, okay. And, and more so, it's gonna it's a it's a more of an up, uphill climb for Buzz they, at A and M. Are they a bubble or are they in? I don't think they're in. Okay, I I, I can't imagine a scenario where they are in. But uh, we're getting closer and closer. Remember, we're your home uh, for the NCAA tournament. We'll be live Thursdays and Friday. The first two days of the tournament out at Twin Peaks. Days of Allah on Thursday. North Park North location on Friday. Make sure you're planning ahead. If you need a doctor's note, we'll forge one for you. <laughs> Hey, tune into halftime today at noon. Michael Amenis uh-huh. has a bevy of concert tickets to give away. You like uh, Greta Van Fleet? You could be going. Rudy, I go check the tape. We'll see you again tomorrow.